Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong. Never heard of him. Look at that, I remembered which volume knob worked. Welcome to Silver and Gold, Daddy. Home sweet misery. I'm the loaf, and with me, Dr. Zahn. Hi, f- guys and gals. Uh, it's been about 16 months since we recorded last, I think. What? I don't know. How are you, sir? Um, I'm doing all right. It seems like uh, it's been about... 17 months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything's fine. I mean, there's nothing really going on. I, you know, well, I think we've been through our stuff. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's kind of sorting itself out. We got to make room know. for psychotic breakdowns and, uh, yeah. and blubbering loneliness every once in a while. So. Well, wait a minute. That's the norm. I was talking about good stuff happening. Through oh, oh, well, I'm yeah. not. Hopefully something good's getting ready to happen. More updates on that maybe coming soon. Dig More it. Co- stay tuned. Dig it. Turn in tune in next year for the next silver and gold. Right? <laughs> if it doesn't, you will it'll be another sixteen months. Yes. If if the good news doesn't happen, uh yeah, we might be summer before you hear from me again. <laughs> I got a feeling. Um, so, yeah, um, this week on the show, yeah, uh, we are, what are we doing? Uh, way back a long time ago, closer to New Year's, I felt like watching and talking about Ghost World from 2001, so we'll be covering that. And another movie I'd never heard of that Dr. Zom chose for us, um, Stoner, or the original title, Tiejin Gong Da Po Zi Yang Guan. Didn't it sound <laughs> Wait, like the golden? I don't think that translates to stoner. Uh, no, it's some. There, the, there's another title. It's like some the golden something. Yeah. <laughs> the golden Lazenby. <laughs> it, he kind of was. Also known as uh, a man called Stoner, Hong Kong hitman. Uh, in Germany, Stoner Im. I'm not even going to try that one. Uh, <laughs> The we'll Shrine of Ultimate Bliss. That. There you go. That's that's the one I'm thinking. Maybe of. that's what it, it, it translates. Ultimate Bliss, yeah. Um, but yeah, Stoner with uh, the Lazenby. We'll talk about those soon. Um, Zom, how have you been? I know it's been a while. Has any uh, anything anything good besides not good? Um, <laughs> or not good stuff really that works just too. Just had some stuff come up that really just kind of put me through me for a loop that I did not expect and yeah. just out of the blue. And, 
you know, I guess I'll tell everybody, you know, on here that I am now a father of an 18 year old child that I didn't know about. And thank God I didn't find out until now because now she's too old for me to have to take care yeah. of her. Yeah. Um, that's not true, by the way. So some of you fucking people will be like, what? Wait, I thought um, I everything's fine. It's just, um, I, I'm trying to think what else is going on. I, I, I've been reading, um, several comics I, I i have actually about four or five new ones in the shitter mm-hmm. uh that i haven't read yet um but um i i was i think i was talking to you and i i had heard you know i knew that like dc did that new 52 where they you know kind of like marvel they tried to wrap everything up so and and come up with a way that they could make everything more modern day and yeah. change everything around and then i was reading the other day that they're scrapping the new 52 it's doing something else so i i, I don't think they're going to well the, the the new 52 moniker has already been dropped right they dropped that yeah um i think what they're doing because i think the realization now is like fuck we well one we're, we're we're needing to kind of pull people in that might be movie fans or maybe vice versa. Two, I think they're trying to get a little more like streamlined. So I think they're and they're not going to they're not a, no continuity is going to be messed with. Some titles will go back to number one for whatever reason, but they're not gonna they're not gonna have this like Crisis on Infinite Earths thing. This is what I was reading the other day. So well, it's not they're not gonna they reset anything other than like kind of changing the tone and moving back some canceling some titles and moving some back to like number one. Some of the titles that they had started over at number one, they're going to go back and, and fill back in like action comics, 900 or whatever. Right. Right. That and like detective comics and stuff like that. But I think that some of those, they said um, after the fact, they didn't even really have to reboot. They could have just continued because they didn't do that much to it, they could have just left them and not even well, done that. So. I, I've been reading comics like crazy. Uh, yeah. That was that's been my thing. I've, I, I'm going to disappoint Rolf because he's. I've read his uh, voice, his uh, feed sack a little early, and mm-hmm. he's like, "You guys should have a giant to what you've watched list." I don't because I've been reading comics instead. Yeah, um, yeah. and watching uh, like old like. Um, Power Rangers videos and shit, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, in in particular one, this is comic related. I've been watching. I watched one called uh, Spider Man, where they basically made like Spider Man is in this story. Um, he's a scientist and rides a motorcycle. Hmm. He his name's not Peter Parker. Right? He has he has a Japanese name, and um, the this alien that's been trapped in a cave for centuries that was fighting against, and I've, I've already forgotten the name of the evil organization. Um, basically, he passes off his Spider-Man powers to him with this giant bracelet. So whenever he wants to turn into Spider-Man, he activates this bracelet, and then the the outfit just kind of like pops out of it and he's dressed and then he can call a giant robot with it and he's got a car and <laughs> it's really bizarre. Um nice. Uh, so it's pretty cool, but if you if you've seen any of the kind of the Power Ranger stuff, that's kind of the idea. Um, never watched Power Rangers. That was in the that was the, in the nineties. I never watched it. Well, either. yeah, it was kind of like Transformers and stuff like that. One, my friend Jim uh, 
watched like even the newer gi joe and slaughter and then was was on it all that stuff was it passed yeah but it was i didn't get into it and he knew all that shit like some of the guys at work that are that i'm friends with that are like your age they know all that shit and i'm like hell i missed i mean i remember when it was going on yeah but i just never got into my brother's five years younger than me and he loved power rangers or or, and those shows when they came out and i had i had by the time they hit here i was already in high school wasn't really interested um i've since gone back as an adult and watched because they're so bizarre that's kind of why i like them now so the, I watched the, not Power Rangers. The well, the Power Rangers show that I've been watching is like from 1975, and it's really, it's really uh-huh. weird too. They one of their special moves is like a soccer ball painted silver that they kick all in unison, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a bomb. See, I'd like to see a documentary about how they put Power those. Kind of, it's kind of like yeah. Ultraman. It feels the older ones feel more like an Ultraman. I remember show. that, yeah. Um, but the. Um, as far as the comics go, what were we saying about DC? Oh, I've been reading a lot of the New 52 stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman, honestly, like the kind of reset they did with the major characters, Green Lantern doesn't seem to have been affected at all. Yeah, they said there was a couple of them, even in the New 52 thing, that they really didn't do that much yeah, to, if that, anything. Like the, the kind of reset that they did on the major characters was more like a... Uh, so there's that earth-shattering event, and then a few years passed. So you just kind of assume in those five years the kind of shit that would have happened to Batman. So like mm-hmm. he's established his villain, so you already kind of know who Penguin is and all that stuff, but it's mm-hmm. not like a long-term thing. So he's already his character's already there. Now, Action Comics with Grant Morrison was done a little bit differently, and that's more like in the past, and that's right yeah. after. It's like right when he's come to Metropolis. He's young. And he's not Superman yet. He's like, mm-hmm. he buys T-shirts for his out for his uniform, or for, his, for his costume. Jeans. Yeah, he wears, and he lives in a shitty little apartment, and he doesn't work for the Daily Planet. Um, that's madness. So, and I, I'm, I'm really <laughs> digging Grant Morrison. So I've actually gone back a little bit and, re- and I'm reading his like R.I.P. Oh, Batman. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though he's left superhero comics again, I don't know what happened there, but. Um, um, but yeah, I, comics I've been reading like crazy. I I can't remember if it was a documentary that's coming out on. I know there was a docu. I think there was a documentary coming out about Image and Wildstorm mm-hmm. and like when Liefeld and Jim Lee and all those guys created their own company. But I think I was reading. It had to do with the New Fifty Two. When I was reading about that the other day, and there was all uh, it was talking about all the guys that famous writers and artists and stuff that were there, and how they had problems and they quit DC and yeah. like, and they were like, "Fuck you, fuck this, this is bullshit." And I think it was after so Warner Brothers kind of took over. I yeah. think it was kind of like one of those. Uh, the editor has too much power, not right. giving enough control to the writers, kind of thing. Yeah, the the creative people, you know, are being told, no, we need to do it this way because uh, in the movie they're gonna do this. Yeah, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that's kind of why they're doing the reset with Marvel too, the whole Secret Wars thing, try to kind of make it more in line. I don't know. I don't. Well, I've not read enough to know. So. The movies really. Um, um, like Deadpool, I mean, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the or even like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. It, the the books that here recently that have had movies that are successful, 
next thing you know, they're selling, they go from selling 20,000 copies to 200,000. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's smart. I don't know. Well, yeah. Cause they're, I know arrow has, or green, green arrow has been one of my favorite new 52 titles after the first, like the first little bit's very generic, but mm-hmm. an, a two, a new writer and uh, artist took over at like issue 17 and it was awesome. Hmm. Um, really cool original like artwork. I don't know. Do you have you ever seen Jay Lee's art? Yeah, it's oh, kind of yeah. like he that. It's, it's an Italian guy, um, and I know it's still people still seem to like it. I think they they both left at some point uh, in a couple of years after, um, and I think they've made it more in line with the Arrow TV show, mm-hmm. like the feel of it. And hey, as long characters. as it's good, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, if it's if, if it's fucking entertaining yeah you know that's great but yeah so geez, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get caught up on dc i'm still really behind on marvel i'm still in the 70s <laughs> yeah oh well you know there's so much shit. yeah so I'm, I'm still reading I, i've been powering through uncanny x-men i'm into the 80s and uncanny x-men um uh, but fantastic four i'm like 73 uh power man <laughs> still back in there um and uh still gonna, I, I, i'm gonna pick up the 80s run of uh uh, Thor. Mm. I've always heard good things when when he loses his hammer or whatever, and that Beta Ray Bill takes over. Ah, yeah, that whole thing. Um, I never I never read the Beta Ray Bill stuff, but you know, so I can't I shouldn't judge, but it just seemed. I heard it's great. Like that's a pretty legendary uh, run on that comic, yeah, and yeah. the uh, I started reading a little bit of Valiant the last couple of days. Um, Valiant Comics, who did a whole reshuffle, reset in 2012, because yeah. I read them back in the 90s, yeah. and they've kept, except for Solar Man of the Atom and Magnus Robot Fighter, but all the other major characters have been kind of restarted, but still have the same characteristics, and uh, I read a couple Exo Manowar, I read a couple Harbinger, and I read a couple uh, Archer insane. and Armstrong. Um, yeah, it's the same, well... The whole teams aren't toge- the whole team of Harbinger isn't together. It's still just mm-hmm. the main Pete uh, Stancheck or whatever his name is guy with the Toyo Harada. I don't know if you ever read any Valiant, but I saw something. I, well, I was I think I was on Things from Another World or whatever, and I was just looking at what was coming out, and I came across a book, and I know Archer and Arm is it Archer and Armstrong? Yeah, they were in the book. They're teaming up with two other guys, and I thought they said like the two other either. Do they have superpowers? Well, um, Archer is in uh, the way they've rewritten it. Archer is like a teenager, and right. he has been raised by this kind of culty type, uh, almost uh, like uh, what's the uh, the Masons kind of organization? Cult um, of Muscle. Yes, there's <laughs> there was this like, like ten thousand years ago. There was this this alien device that was set off and. The Freemason thing. The, the, yeah. Called the Boon. Yeah, the Freemasons. And um, one guy survived, uh, Armstrong. His I forgot his name 10,000 years ago, but he goes by Armstrong now. So he's immortal. That's his power. Like, he just doesn't die. He's kind of, I mean, he's, pretty, he's strong and everything, but, like, not, like, Superman strong. Um, and he knows where the parts of this device are. And this Freemasons organization, for almost that long, has been trying to capture him so they can build this machine again and they've trained this guy archer who then learns hey wait a minute all i've been told is a lie my parents are shitheads and blah 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 so they kind of team up and his special power is that he can just kind of he can mimic any kind of like martial art or whatever so he just like looks at 
somebody doing taekwondo and he can, and he can figure it out. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool so far. And Exo Man of War is kind of the same what it was. It's a he's a barbarian who comes across this armor. And he's he's taken prisoner, kept years and years as a slave, and then realizes he's actually time traveled when he comes out and he's in modern day. And then um, Harbinger is kind of like X Men. It's kind of that thing. So there's a toy, except the the main guy, the, the Professor X character is kind of an asshole. He's not he's not Professor X out to say help the world. He's out to kind of rule it himself. What a jerk! Yeah. Anyway, comic book talk. Uh, yeah, what well. uh, what have you been watching when you haven't been watching hockey or reading comic books? Okay, let me look here. Gee. All right. Well, I brought them up in the wrong order, so I guess I'll just eh, start doesn't with matter. The, no, but nobody's keeping track. Nobody's listening. Rolf's listening. Rolf, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, anybody yeah. else? Thank you for this listening. This is for again. you. Um, I watched Deadpool, 2016's Deadpool, directed by Tim Miller. Dig it. Starring Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Um, now, I had heard nothing but good stuff about Deadpool. So I decided to watch it. Now, of course, um, <laughs> I can already tell where see, this is going. Did you see it? No, I didn't see it. Oh, you, oh, okay. Well, then I'll shut up. But um, <laughs> I could just—I just felt like that was coming. I'll tell the you what. Theater that I watched it in. Yeah. <laughs> was very grainy. I, I, I think I might know the theater you're talking about. Right. And yes. I, I was thinking about going there, but changed my mind when I realized what the quality of their uh, display it, was. It's um. <laughs> Uh, it's still fucking pretty funny. Okay. I like, um, a lot of the, I mean, well, I can, without spoiling anything, I liked it. I enjoyed it. So, I mean, it's not like, no, I wasn't, but I think I will like it a lot more when I can see things better. I got you. It was one of those theaters where I think people were allowed to smoke because everything (laughs) was kind of hazy. (laughs) Yeah. And you didn't get a good seat in the middle. You were a little off to the side, weren't you? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so um, I just had to. I just, I. It was I'm there. Everybody was, knows yeah. that I'm a shut in. And so this theater was close to my house. <laughs> Fair. Because, oh, that's weird. It's close to mine, too. Well, it's a chain. Oh, um, oh okay. Now. I watched uh, 1995's Apollo 13 with Tom Hanks and uh, Chet and Kevin Bacon and Ed Harris. Ed business. <laughs> what the fuck's that other guy's name? Clint Howard? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you say Bacon already? Yeah, Bacon and Gary Sinise. Uh, it's a good movie. I mean, you know, it's one of those Tom Hanks kind of feely good feel, Ron Howard things. Um, I liked uh, Bacon and I liked Chet else let's see here that was just on tv uh courtesy of dave mack uh from tejas uh he turned me on to a tv series that ran from 1978 to 1980 uh called the sandbaggers and it's a british uh series of uh about uh spies and um i know that you've don't dig like the real 
espionage I'm, stuff. I'm, just, it's, I'm too dumb to follow it. I wish I'd done <laughs> I wish I'd done well, it. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> these, some of these, I've watched three or four episodes, and some, well, I've watched four. And some of the stuff that's going on, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I have to rewind because I'm like, what the fuck? I would be, I'm lost already and I've not even, I never even heard of it. It's where they, the things are, you know, because these spies are all lying sacks of shit and, and uh, everybody's has their own agenda and you're yeah. kind of like, hey, what the fuck's going on here? Okay. I watched uh 1966 Howard Hawks movie starring Jan Wayne, AKA Marion Michael Morrison and Robert Mitchum and Jimmy Kahn. Uh, called El Dorado, which was pretty much a remake of uh, Rio Bravo with John Wayne, except in that one, uh, Dean Martin played the sheriff. In this one, Robert Mitchum plays the sheriff. Mitchum. And in that, in Rio Bravo, Ricky Nelson is the young kid that's helping him. And in this one, it's James I Conn. think I've seen that. Um, there's Maybe. some other people in this that are, um, are RG Armstrong, Ed Asner, Christopher George. Uh, there's several people in it that are, uh, you know, that you, you, you've seen, uh, other stuff. What's two, uh, what's 2015's Bridge of Spies? Uh, it's a, now I'll tell you what. That I one I followed. I don't normally like Steven Spielberg, but, but this one was okay. It yeah. wasn't, it, it wasn't, uh, it didn't, I mean, it, it's not no Schindler's list and no. it's not saving private Ryan or other, you know, Spielberg movies, but it was all right, yeah. you know? Um, and it kind of gives you a little education on the, uh, the YouTube, uh, Gary powers plane that got shot down and what happened there. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it, so that was interesting for me. I mean, Tom Hanks, you want fucking somebody to play a fucking nice all-American guy. You, you know, fucking Tom Hanks. I almost resent him <laughs> for being such a fucking... Yeah, but I mean, he's, it was alright. It was worth a watch. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, it wouldn't have been one... Uh, my friend Randy rented it, and so we watched it. But uh, if if like I was in it on iTunes, or if they still had a video store, you know, I probably would have caught it sometime down the road. Um, 1998's uh, Stuart Baird directed U.S. Marshals, starring Tommy Lee Jones, Robert Downey Jr., Wesley Snipes. Cool to see Wesley Snipes. Tommy Lee Jones is great in it, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, I liked watching him in this because this was, uh, when he was, um, I think he had come out of the drug, real bad drug addiction thing and was starting to get some traction. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's got Joe Pantaleone and, uh, who else is in this motherfucker, but I like it. It was on TV. So I, I caught it. I, and, um, it's, uh, I, the fugitive was on, I didn't get a chance to see enough of it to say that I watched The Fugitive, but yeah. I kind of like to see. I haven't seen that one in a long time. I like that one a lot. Watched uh, 2015's uh, Legend, written and directed by Brian Helgel, Hel, Helgland, starring Tom Hardy as uh, Reggie and Ronnie Cray. Uh, this was pretty good. It was, um, it's one of those ones, I think it was based on um, Reggie's, um, let's see, Ron. Yeah. Reggie was the 
I guess, normal, but he wasn't normal because they were fucking crazy uh, gangsters. And I think Ron was the one that was gay and uh, had mental problems. Mm -hmm. But I I believe it was based on a book that Reggie's wife wrote or something. So in some ways, I thought it was a little bit too, like it made them, especially Reggie, it made him look a little bit too uh heroy or nice like they were the well i mean one of them was the other was but like the one the the one the 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 movie the craze with uh it was the guys from spandau ballet played the craze mm-hmm. it wasn't a great movie but i thought it did more better a better job of showing both of them as being kind of shits you know they're criminals they're fucking you know crucify somebody to a fucking pool table and Mm -hmm. take swords out and fucking cut their ears off and shit um but it was all right it it was it was admirable how they did it they made a look it wasn't like an obvious like in the old days when they'd have somebody be a twin and they had the split screen and you could kind of really tell it's done really well like that and hardy did enough to they're they're twins, but he did enough to to differentiate between the two. Right, right. So, but it's worth a watch. Um, 2015's Heist, uh, directed by Scott Mann, uh, starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Robert De Niro, uh, Gina Carano, who I like, who was also in Deadpool, and uh, a guy known as Dave Batista. Yeah. It's one of the best parts of the movie, I nice. thought. Him and Gina Carano were to the and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was good, you know, but it's uh Batista was was a good uh good heel in that. And then it's like I watched Spectre with uh the James Bond yeah. movie. And I thought he was like one of the best parts of that movie. Oh, too. he's in that too. Damn, he's yeah. coming along. He was no he played he left like WWE. He he, he kind of played the odd job uh kind of henchman for yeah. the bad guy and he was he was very menacing and pretty good that's what he did in uh man with the iron fist he played he didn't really have a line in the whole damn movie didn't we watch played, that i don't know if you i don't we didn't do it on the show didn't we hmm was or no maybe it was me and jake that watched it you know, yeah so he i mean um, and then he was in what was what was his name drax the destroyer and guardians yeah, of the galaxy yeah so yeah. he's getting some he's got some charisma and he's got a good look yeah i mean um, he's no he's no he's no rock but yeah. he'll do. No, but I mean, you know, in in uh, in um, in this one, he has more lines. You know, yeah, it wasn't just you know, or you know, or whatever. <laughs> say anything. Spectre, he didn't say too much, but he was pretty good. I uh, watched American Ultra, which is a new one, 2015, by Nima Norris. Oh, the guy that gets like unlocked. The yeah, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg and that. Christmas. It was pretty good. Yeah. It has it's fucking u- uber ultra violent. Nice. Uh, Kristen Stewart kind of has oh, that. Another, I forgot. Almost, I would. I almost forgot. Okay, keep going. I, 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 when the, you said ultra violent, it made me think of one. What was the the movie that she was in about the amusement park in Pittsburgh? Uh, like summer. The, something Wonderland, not Wonderland. That was what? Val Kilmer. So, fuck. Whatever. But I mean, she kind of has that look. You know, I don't know. Like she's little bit stoned, but you'd like to hang out with her and you know she'd probably get, have that same bored look on her face while you were pounding her you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh <laughs> oh, i forgot that we i we adventure actually, land 
Adventureland. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Um, I watched 2015's Black Mass with Johnny Depp. And Ooh, Dec- tell you, talk about being a creepy criminal. Now, see that—that's why I was going to compare that to the movie Legend with Tom Hardy. Yeah, this there is there is he, he no sympathy for this guy. <laughs> yeah, he was a piece of shit, and that and he was fucking crazy, and he knew how to intimidate people, and and he was a fucking bastard, man. Uh, so I, I like that one. It also had Joel Edgerton. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like one of the main guys, played that John Conley douchebag piece of shit. Um, <laughs> Dakota Johnson and Kevin Bacon is in that. You know, Kevin Bacon fucking just tearing it up. Did you uh, see the thing where he's talking about what he wants to show his penis in every movie? That little, nah. It's a little uh, humorous thing. I'll find it and send it to you. The video is pretty funny. He does a good job of it. Or maybe it was his ass. I don't know. Something about taking his pants off. It's really funny. I, I started watching now. Right now, I, I, I'm watching uh, Sandbaggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started watching my Blu-ray uh, of uh, Battlestar Galactica, which Breaking I really Bad. like, and Breaking Bad. Now, Battlestar Galactica, um, I really, I, it's really good. Yeah. It's it's very violent, and there's a lot because you know at the beginning how they set everything up, it's like fucking genocide almost. <laughs> yeah. Everything that everybody's going through. Edward James Olmos is really good. Um, so far, I'm liking that, but I'm mixing it up uh, because what I had a tendency to do, especially with some of those Netflix things, was I'd start out. watching something and I'd get burnt out. Yeah. Even before I get done with the se- you know season. So now I'm doing Breaking Bad. I'm on the um, third season of that, and I'm probably more than halfway through the third season. That I should have watched more of that this week, but I. Like I said, Jesus Christ, I had like about two days where I had two hours of sleep oh, each day. Man, and it, the, the characters in that are so fucking good. The guy with the fucking, the guy with the fucking bell. That guy and, did Jesse. I, I swear when he fucking says a sentence and at the end he puts yo. <laughs> or bitch. When he says bitch, you know, oh, I, 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 it's getting the, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Did they, did they do the, the bit with the giant electromagnet yet? No, the you're last, gonna, that's pretty funny. You're they, gonna, you're, they, you'll like that. They have the, uh, the fly is in the thing, in the lab. Yep, and yep. It's obsessed with getting it out, and um, I like that. The um, I think when he when they do the electromagnet thing, I think that's when he yells, "Science, bitch!" <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he's such a fucking douche. Um, but they have some they have some really good white trash douchebag scumbags on there, yeah. which is. Pretty and um i i listened to um the last couple days i well first this kind of ties in with one of the one of the movies ghost world we're gonna be watching uh gilbert godfrey um, interviewed steve buscemi mm-hmm. on his show and it was one of the worst because i i didn't think i would like his podcast but he is really into um old tv shows and old movies so he's really passionate about that and and so it's really good that way and then he's funny and he's funny too but jesus christ the one with steve buscemi was uh it was pretty bad but gilbert was laughing the whole time (laughs) because he knows about all these old movies and shit but 
Now, now it's not just him. He has this other guy that's with him yeah. that knows he's like a goddamn cinephile and a TV fucking junkie. So he knows everything. So he picked up the slack. But even Steve Buscemi was saying that um, he's like Gilbert seemed like he didn't know anything about his career. And then <laughs> Gilbert's such a fucking weirdo. And he likes to kind of irritate people. Yeah. I think. So he he amuses himself. And so he's laughing the whole time. <laughs> and, yeah, and fucking laughing, saying that, you know, like saying that he didn't really but but I think the reason he started doing that was because he would ask Steve Buscemi a question like what was it like working with Lawrence Tierney or what was it like where and he'd be like it was good it was really good you know and it was like pulling teeth so eventually he just started that shit you know well okay well I really don't you know I I really don't even care you know or something <laughs> but then the other one I started listening to which was actually pretty good with uh, uh somebody who's equally as big of goofball for other reasons was there interviewing Gary Busey. Oh boy. And uh, he said, now that's why like Will and Sammy said something when they were talking about him one time, you know, about all the cocaine he did. And that's why he's so fucked up. Well, he wrecked his motorcycle. Um, he said he pulled out of a motorcycle dealership and he wasn't wearing a helmet and he hit some sand or gravel or something and he lost control of it. And he wasn't really going that fast, but he, he hit the brakes and, uh, went over the handlebars, hit his head on the on a concrete curb, and he said he he cra er, uh, fractured his skull from his ear all the way up to the center of the top of his head, Ugh. and a ch a piece of the skull came out, and he literally um, they had to teach him how to eat how to speak, Ugh. how to do any motor skills, how to go to the bathroom, everything. Wow. So, you know, when you look now, that's what somebody was saying online. Uh, uh, they were talking about Busey and, and I said something about, well, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. And they said, well, he was in that motorcycle wreck. And I said, well, yeah, he was in the motorcycle wreck. And that's why he is really fucked up because he had brain damage. And Dr. Drew even said that. He said, there's a part of his brain that's just gone. But even before the motorcycle wreck, when he hit really huge with the Buddy Holly story and got an Oscar nomination, he went, he was like, went wild. He was doing coke really and doing drugs really bad and everything. So even before the motorcycle, he was already wreck, doing some damage. I remember when Lethal Weapon first came out and he played Mr. Joshua. Yeah. That was like his comeback movie because he got in really good shape. He slimmed down because he got fat and bloated and really gross looking. Well, he slimmed re re really down, and I think he got clean and he got off drugs and everything. And his career started going in, uh, like almost like Robert Downey Jr. started picking up, and he started getting rediscovered. But then he had the motorcycle wreck. Really, know. you can tell because his like, I wonder if when you look at his face, sometimes his one eye looks like it's maybe dead or something like yeah, it's a little like or glass eye or something. Yeah. I don't know, but it's, yeah. but anyway, that's just, something I, I've been listening and, and like he had George Takei on there, mm -hmm. which, you know, you know, from Star Trek and a lot of the uh, social stuff that he's doing for, you know, LGBT people and everything. But he was also in several movies uh, like Green Berets with John Wayne. He was in Never So Few with Frank Sinatra. He was and and he was on there. And I expected which they did talk a lot about Star Trek, 
but they also talked a lot about when he was in movies and some of the people like John Wayne, you know, it's always fun to hear stories about some of these really famous people. Yeah. And he, he also talked about um, what it was like uh, being an Asian actor in the studio system where they would, you would either just be a face. Like if the, if you were in a world war two movie or you'd be the evil enemy right? or like, and then he talked about like Mickey Rooney playing an Asian in Breakfast at Tiffany's and be like, hong chong chong chong, and having big fake teeth and big Coke bottle glasses and how <laughs> that, you know, it was, it was degrading. And uh, even going into like uh, talking about uh, how, like in a Charlie Chan movie, they might get, say, Boris Karloff or Peter Lorre or somebody like that to play Charlie Chan. They would never get an Asian guy to play the main guy, but then his sidekick would be like George Takei <laughs> or some, you know, and and they would do anything. They would have to be the stereotype. Yeah. So there's a lot of interest. If I know, like like I say with the uh, Gilbert, there's when I I would have never thought that I would listen to a podcast that he did, but if you like movies. And old TV to. shows, because he can remember anything. He'll quote these fucking old TV shows or old movies, and not only just like uh, real famous stuff, but like genre shit. Like he loves Boris Karloff and and uh, Peter Lorre and all those guys like that from the old. That's but but also like Vincent Price movies or The Man with Two Heads and those kind of like GGTMC, you know the movies that are so GGTMC. So I don't usually like those kind of movies. But what have you been watching? Um, not a lot in the past. It's been a month and a half, and I I I have I've watched more in a week before. Um, at at times. Um, some I can power through because they're just where you watches or whatever. Um, my neighbor Totoro, I revisited. I've seen that a lot. That's the that? uh, the Miyazaki um, anime from late '80s about a couple. It's a dad and two little girls that move to uh, this kind of town out in the middle of nowhere, and the girls kind of discover this magic like thing in the forest. This uh, Totoro, never He's heard of like a forest god. It's kind of it's it's just. Very uh, a very fantastical movie. Now, did you say is that anime or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, animation's really good. His his stuff's always hand drawn, um, but it's, it's not like it can be scary, but like they're chill, they're child appropriate, mm-hmm. um, but just very like very imaginative. And uh, there's like a there's a cat bus in it, like it's like this multi legged cat that's a bus that the Totoro catches to t- take around. He flies around, sits in the top of a tree, and plays an instrument. And um, it's just it's just kind of just an unusual little movie. So, mm-hmm. but his, all of his movies are kind of have that feel. I don't remember um, Princess Mononoke, which is probably one of his more popular ones. I've only seen it once, but it was like almost shit, almost twenty years ago, fifteen mm-hmm. years ago. So I don't remember much about it. I think that one might have been pretty violent, but for the most part, is their movies are all child friendly. So isn't it weird when you can say? I watched this 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Yeah, and I was still <laughs> an like, adult when I say that. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I 
watched oh because of Jackie Brown I watched Beast with a Gun um that cuz they were watching that movie in Jackie Brown. Um, oh that's the one with uh Donnie Vitale or whatever. Their Helmet Burger. Yeah, Helmet yeah, Burger. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty yeah. good. I've seen it a couple times. I saw that one. Um Short Term 12 it's on Netflix. I don't remember much about it. It was okay. I like that one. Um Peanuts movie was okay. I watched that. Um, the Peanuts movie, my, I, I think my main issue with that, one, it was too much fucking, and I don't know if I'm the odd man out with this, there was too much of the Red Baron stuff. And I, oh. I, I always hated when Snoopy did the Red Baron shit. <laughs> I hated those parts. I like I I Charlie it Brown. I felt too fantastic. Yeah. Too fantastical. But, but the, yeah, my, my uh, the main, dog that actually... Talks and things is all right. Well, like the, my, my main issue with with the movie was probably like it didn't feel as much like a movie as it did a bunch of shorts put together to be an hour and a half long. Was like, Peppermint Patty really obnoxious? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, she always like everybody was. There was no surprises as far as characters go. I like Peppermint Patty. We're little kids, and here's this chick with Birkenstocks, and it's like Pigpen, you know. Pigpen, you was a, think... yeah. Everybody makes an appearance somewhere in it, but Pigpen it was, was like... a stinking sack of shit, you know. But you know, he just they just portrayed him as having like dust coming off of him. But if it was like a guy in real life, he would be the kid in school that like stunk. Oh, he know he would smell awful. Yeah, like vegetable He'd stew. Smell like a Pigpen. Wait. <laughs> Um, Peppermint Patty would smell like fucking weed <laughs> <laughs> and leather from her sandals. <laughs> Let's see. I watched House by the Cemetery, a, multi- a full cheap movie. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, I watched some DC stuff. I watched Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, uh, which is based on the first story arc from the Superman, Batman comic from the, I guess, early 2000s um, about Lex Luthor has become president. And he's kind of put a hit out on Superman and Batman. So all the kind of, there's heroes and villains both after them at the same time. Uh, And they're Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, which I'm having trouble remembering the storyline of them at the moment. I liked Public Enemies better. (laughs) What the fuck was the storyline of that one? Apocalypse. Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. I don't remember. It's It's been over a month since I watched that one. Uh, and I watched uh, the uh, the animated All Star Superman. Um, the comics I've always li- liked a lot. Um, this came out in 2011, and it does a pretty good job of getting the comic across. So, um, let's see. I can't think of enough I can that I'm I can skip over. Uh, I forgot I watched season two of The Nick, and I recommend. So, oh uh, yeah, with his white boots. One and two. Hey, I so. bought a pair of boots today. They're not white. They're big and black. Hmm. Um. <laughs> Doc Martens. I haven't owned a pair of Doc Martin boots since high Are school. Are those comfortable? Because I actually thought about buying a pair well, online. I can't. I, I can't say yet. I definitely can say the ones that I bought today are not comfortable yet because they're not broken in it. Broken in yeah. at all. See, I don't like that. I mean, um, if I like even with like uh, any kind of like work boots or yeah. anything like that, once you get them broken in, they're great. But Th- these God, are going to take a little work because they are tight around the. I don't know what the area of your foot is called, the wide part right where your toes meet your foot. They're tightest right there. Well, aren't they? They're all made in England, aren't they? Because I know. Anymore. In 2003, they started making them in Thailand and China. But I've actually read online that people kind of like those better. Like the leather is softer. They still Mm. make some in England, but people complain that the leather is too hard. (laughs) 
so they're a lot harder to break in. Good so, for going and stomping people's heads in. Yeah, I well, I, I used to have a pair in high school, and I I don't know whatever happened to them, but I think pretty sure they got pretty beat up. And then I had a low cut pair, like they were only had four. They weren't boots. They were, yeah. they looked like boots just on the bottom. Right. And I don't know whatever happened to those. I was thinking about those the other day, which made me want to get a new pair. I was like, oh, once, well, I, once you, once they're all worn out and everything, and the leather's kind of scuffed, that's when it's great. Yeah. Well, the, the brown soft. ones that I had in, in high school got really beat up, but the I, the black ones that I had after, I don't know whatever. Like they never got beat up. I only ever wore them to office jobs. So I'm telling. I think I was telling Todd or somebody that they, for the job they had, they had to wear like these work boots, and they bought a brand new pair, and they were so stiff, and he was getting blisters. Anytime, unless it's tennis shoes, which I can just pretty, or like rock ports or something yeah. like that that are real soft on the inside, I get that silver duct tape, and I I just I'll just put it on my heels. Or put it on the side of my foot if mm-hmm. it was Usually for me, it's the heels, and I'll put them on there, and it's just like having a thing of armor on there, so it nice. doesn't you don't get blisters, and it's it will it, it sticks to your skin. But I mean, like when you by the time the end of the day comes, it it's not like pulling it off and going ah. Oh, you know, it's kind of sweated off a little. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm gonna take off. my time breaking these in. I'm definitely not gonna wear them to the Apple Store because that would be death. But. Um, <laughs> I've read some tips on how to break them in. Like I bought this balm stuff that kind of keeps the yeah. leather moist, and I'm just we gonna used like to put uh, this stuff called mink oil. Yeah, so I'm uh, just gonna wear them like a couple hours at a time for a couple weeks just to get them stretched out some before I make a jack stuff. off on the inside of them or on the outside even. Well, if you jack off on the inside and then put your foot in it immediately. Squeak. Yes. Yeah. Um. So um, some movies wow. that I would uh, uh, uh some more standout ones. Um. Seeking a friend for the end of the world. I saw that. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I like um, and I, whatever her name is, I was like totally in love with her. What? Kara Knightley. Yeah, I, I don't. I used to not like her, but some, I like that she wore a dress, but she wore like uh, Chuck Taylor. Yeah, she was so cute in this Fox. movie. God, man, I was in love with her in this yeah. movie. Um, yeah. And I thought I thought it was a cute little movie. I thought it was uh, well done, especially for super low budget. And I was very. Uh, uh, I was very surprised at the the like, near cameo of his dad. Uh, I don't want to say who it was, but I was surprised to see him in it. Do you remember who it was? I haven't seen it so long. I can't I'll, remember. I'll tell you when we when we because it's worth surprising if if they don't if somebody doesn't know Terry Funk. Yes. Um, let's see. I, like I watched Youth. Um, Youth is a new Paolo Sorrentino movie. Um, mm-hmm. He's the he's the guy that did um, the this must be the place uh, and, uh, the great beauty. Um, this has that definitely that same kind of feel. Youth is um, it's Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel, and it's it's one it's a movie. It's like Michael Caine plays this orchestra conductor, and he's at this kind of spa. And speaking of women you fall in love with watching them fucking um what is her name god i'm i'm totally blank on everybody's names in this movie or, or, or all everybody's names today Rachel Vice oh yeah i always this. like her oh my god she's gorgeous yeah um but it's she's kind got of it like going on. what's that 
She's got it going on. Yes, yes. So what the, that's the part from the parlance of the times. Is what the young kids say. That's what, that's what the cool kids say. Yeah. Um, it's it's it has that same kind of quirky feel that his other movies do, and it's about just getting older and all that stuff. And I can't was, relate. Thought it was very me either. Very good. I liked it a lot. Um, I watched. Let me flip through here because there's some. There's yeah. Um, we are still here. Uh, horror movie, pretty new. Um, it is it takes place in New England, and it's kind of a haunted house movie. Um, it takes place. It took me a second to figure out, but it takes place in the late, like the late seventies, maybe early eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbara Crampton's in it, but it's not 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 many people I recognize. But a, a neat little story. Um, some decent special effects for having a low budget. I thought it was kind of it was pretty good. Looks scary. Yeah. Um, forty-five years. This is uh, Charlotte Rampling and Tom Courtney. Courtney, um, directed by Andrew Haig. Hay, H A I G H. Um, this is a kind of a cool little twist on kind of the whole romance, but getting older type movie. This the guy gets some news. That's uh, this, this couple's getting ready to celebrate their 45th anniversary. And he gets some news of a of uh basically a person that he knew before her mm-hmm. and it start it really bothers her that that he's concerned about this individual. And so it's kind of like the whole time like her de- like dealing with that and like not being able to get a read on what he's dealing with or what he's feeling and it's a pretty good movie. Um, hmm. not 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 like a not melodrama at any by any means. It's just kind of like slow paced little British kind of drama romance kind of thing. So that Rampling was a hot hottie or a good looking woman when she was a youngster. She's not a youngster no She's more. She's seventy years old. Yeah. God, she was really good looking. She, she was. was. Um, I watched huge. for the first time. Uh, the Quentin Tarantino edit fan edit of True Romance. Now I've seen this movie before, mm-hmm. um, but the there some people have kind of re-edited it to follow closer to so because t- Tony Scott changed the flow of the movie from Tarantino's original screenplay. Yeah, he he didn't like that, and so basically people have kind of reordered it. And I, I haven't seen the the actual Tony Scott version of it long enough where I'd. I'd mm-hmm didn't recognize a lot of the changes, but it follows more of like a Tarantino nonlinear kind of approach. Um, it's a, it's worth definitely worth checking out. Um, some of the extra like deleted scenes they put back in, maybe, I mean, they, they were probably cut for a reason, honestly, uh, cause it gets now, long, but while I am remembering, cause you just said that, uh-huh. cause I can't remember if we mentioned this in the last show or not. And did you see Hateful Eight? I did see Hateful Eight. Yeah, we talked about it last show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hateful Eight was pretty great. I saw it on Christmas Day. Mm. Yeah, on the at the the I got to see that the seventy millimeter version of it. Ooh. Yeah. And the only movie I watched twice in the past. I saw that one at the theater. The same theater where Deadpool was, I bet. Yes, but for some reason it. There must not have been as many smokers in this one because it was. A, they had a better print. It was very clear. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't the, know if it was seventy millimeters. <laughs> uh, it's probably more like 
more like uh like what like 27 inches at the most or depending on which <laughs> yeah something like that the um the only movie i watched twice in the last month uh the revenant did oh, you watch the revenant no i haven't seen that ah uh, i'm scared to see it why i don't know i don't like the people seeing people get mauled oh it's brutal that's that yeah. scene um but it happens pretty early on. Uh, this is Alejandro Gonzalez Inaritu. I don't know how to say his name. Tom Hardy's a fucking dickhead in it and really good. <laughs> Dom Hall Gleason, who has been fucking like this guy, this Irish actor. Man, I swear he's. I think he was like in like four great movies in 2015. <laughs> he was in this. He was in uh, Ex Machina. He was in the new Star Wars movie. Uh, what else was there? He was in Brooklyn, which was pretty good. That's nominated for an Oscar. Who is this? Uh, Dom Hall Gleason, redheaded guy. You'd recognize him if you saw him. Okay, well, he was in Ex Machina and in Star Wars. Yeah, he was the main guy in Ex Machina. Not... And what's his? No, well, that's the main guy in Ex Machina. Was not... oh, you're talking about the young guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what's his name? Lewin Davis was also in. Ex Machina and Star Wars. What's yep. his name? Um, Oscar, Isaac. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, because that's yep. why when you were saying that, I was like, wait a minute, are you talking about Oscar but Isaac? Oscar, Oscar Isaacs was not in The Revenant, and he was not in... Um, uh, he could have been. <laughs> he could have been. Maybe he was there. I missed him. Um, <laughs> like him. He's a good singer. And DiCaprio, he won the Golden Globe. He'll probably get it this year. This might be his year. He's good. He's, what, else is going, what else is up for you think? For best actor, I don't even know honestly. Um, I don't Tom think I've Hardy seen Tom Hardy for Legend. I don't know, no, because that I think... would be funny if Tom Hardy beat him out and they were in the same movie together. <laughs> well, Tom he Hardy would be... would be supporting actor for this. Was one, he really good in it, or was it like? Um, He's I mean, a... like as far as the acting goes, was physically he good or... acting because he doesn't talk a lot because the 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 bear mauling kind of rips That's his what vocal I'm cords. So how the fuck could how the fuck could it be? Now, come on. You know that people can have good roles without saying Yeah, but saying I mean, still, but I mean, if it's just like, okay, he was out there and he he, he went through so much. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio actually <laughs> went down these rapids and he actually wrestled the bear. And I mean, well, I mean, that's not really acting. Well, he didn't wrestle a bear, but he... I the, think bear the bear wrestled was, him. ...with CGI. <laughs> uh, dude, there's a funny meme out there that says, like... Uh, it said, and the Oscar goes to, and it shows a bear holding an Oscar, and it has Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> no, with a sad face. <laughs> and I think on the Oscar it says bear on the name. <laughs> See, it's fun. Um, but fun. no, I this is a. It gets surreal at times. It's kind of a survival in the elements, and there's fucking the the. the well, the, see, I know the story because there was it. There was a movie in like the 70s called Man in the Wilderness uh-huh. and it was Richard Harris plays the Leonardo DiCaprio part. It's the same story. It's it was based on a true story. Okay, so was, yeah. And uh I know John Huston was in it. He was one of the the the, the guy that was the head of the expedition that mm-hmm. said leave him, you know. We'll yeah. And there's poop. the cinemato- cinematography is fantastic in this. I I almost hope that Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't get it. So it would be <laughs> kind of funny. And yeah. they give it to like Cuba Gooding. <laughs> uh, I don't know who's nominated for Oscars this year. Have um, they had the nomin? Have they announced? Yeah, the them? Oscars are this weekend. Oh well, goddamn! Let me look. Best well, you actor can pick- 2016. Let's see who's up. 
Um, best actor nominations. We have. You tell me, and then I'll, I'll I will pick Brian Cranston think. for Trumbo. I haven't seen that, but I have it. I'll watch it this weekend. Matt Damon for The Martian. He probably won't get it. Nah, his head's too big. Uh, DiCaprio for Revenant. Uh, ooh, Fassbender for Steve Jobs. Oh, that's going to be tough. Yeah, and Eddie Redmayne for The Danish Girl, which I didn't see. I heard that that, well, no, I actually shouldn't say I heard that wasn't any good. I read one guy who posted and said that Eddie Redmayne wasn't that good. And I'm telling you what, I, I haven't seen The Revenant. But fucking Fassbender was excellent. You need to see The Revenant. And Fassbender was fucking excellent. And Fassbender actually spoke in the movie and didn't have his jaw ripped off. <laughs> no, not his jaw broken. His fucking vocal cords shredded. Yeah. And That's yeah, why he can't talk. He fucking, the whole movie is him talking for like two hours. <laughs> I liked that movie a lot. That was good. Um, I saw that in that theater too. <laughs> I actually saw that in the real theater. Got Wait, popcorn. my real theater. Um, another one I went to see in the theater. I saw Room, Room. Uh, from last from 2015. Uh, this is starring Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay, a little kid. Um, directed by Lenny Abram Abramson Abrahamson Abra. This is Abramson. like one that might make you cry. Uh, yeah, and I don't want you to cry. I don't want you to uh, go into this cold if you don't know anything about okay. it. Okay. I don't know anything about it. I'd never even heard of it until you just said that. Check I just out know room. what the it's, box art looks I like. I thought this was really good. I don't want to cry, though. And it, hurt, it, it, it hurts to watch a few times. I'll just say no. that. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah, one that didn't hurt to watch in, in the same way, uh, Ip Man 3. Oh, um, Mike Tyson should was he going to be nominated for? Uh, uh, Mike Tyson might get a Raspberry nomination, but that would be it. <laughs> really? Um, I, if if anybody if 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 you have not seen this movie and huh? you lay awake at night wondering is Mike Tyson a good actor, I'm going to help you rest tonight and tell you no. Wait, maybe, not, maybe you shouldn't say anything. He's not a good actor, but <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He does not have a major role, so it's fine. Okay. Um, his. Big fight scene with Donnie Yen is well done. Uh, he looked good. I love Donnie Yen. He's Donnie awesome. Yen's great in it. I'll tell you what, this movie's better than Ip Man 2. Really? Yeah. Although the British actors in this, again, are fucking awful like that guy was in part two. Yeah. I don't I know like why. what it is. Like, they they just can't get English. Guys that speak English can't act in these movies. And like Mike Tyson, I was expecting. But, like, there's another guy that's, like, cop, and he's fucking brutal. Um. The movie is was. He a, is he a karate guy though? I mean, is he a real actor? or Is he just a karate guy? That's... He doesn't know not martial arts. Okay. They could have honestly with this one, they could have left out the stuff with the police altogether because it didn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, um, but this movie was pretty good. Um, Lin Lin Hung is, that plays his wife is beautiful, and she's about twenty years younger than him, I think. <laughs> in real, cool in real life. had George Takei in it playing a British Caucasian. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, but I mean, this is—I liked it better than the second one. The, the first one's still my favorite. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and yeah. the only other thing I watched, worth mentioning, uh, "Where to Invade Next," uh, the new Michael, Michael Moore movie. Um, I went to—I was thinking about seeing Deadpool, mm-hmm. and when I saw the giant line outside of guys in dad jeans and sandals with ponytails, I was like, "Fuck this!" Going to see Deadpool? <laughs> yes. 
Really? A, a bunch of fat nerds going to see it. <laughs> so I went to go see uh, Where to Invade Next, and it was me and like there five other no people. There were no fat nerds at the theater I saw. I bet you had a comfortable seat, the exact seat you wanted. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but where I got to, there early. Where to, <laughs> where to Invade Next was, um, it's good. Uh, they say it's his best movie in years. I, don't, I think it's the only one I can remember in years. The last thing I even remember was... What was the last thing he even did? Charles Heston. Yeah. How long ago was that? That was. Um. But I mean, this is good. I like the point. It's basically like he's doing a he's doing a bit where he's going and uh, quote unquote invading countries that have good ideas that we should adopt. (laughs) And um, like he goes to like talk about like how kids eat uh, for school lunch in France and. Uh, the the education system in Norway and how the uh, like blue collar jobs are still respected in Germany and stuff like that and um, it's just too long is the only my biggest complaint yeah. about it it was like it's over two hours long you really needed to cut it down some um, but it's it's interesting I liked it. I thought it was pretty good um, I don't know if it's I mean I don't know if it's his, I guess it's his best movie in years because as far as I know it's his only movie in years but. Uh, I think I I still liked his other I th- I still liked like Fahrenheit nine one one and the, um, the gun control one better I think but yeah it was good Bowling for Columbine Bowling for Columbine there you go Jaw but uh, that was all yeah, so I mean that's that's quite a bit quite a bit but uh, it was, it's bad. been a month and a half <laughs> yeah well maybe not <laughs> <laughs> so let's finally take a break and uh, come back and we're gonna stumble through some movies that I have not seen in quite. a while. Uh, well, what do you want to do first? Let's do Stoner. Stoner. We'll come back with a review of Stoner. We'll be right back. Stoner. GGTMC live for you fresh yeah. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service. Breaking films down and turning them around. Giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Bringing class to the trash since 1977. Uh, Stona. Zon, would you care to synopsize Stona? Stona. An Australian cop has been investigating the spread of a mysterious addictive drug that acts like an aphrodisiac and a hallucinogen on anyone who takes it. When his own sister 
See full summary. (laughs) (laughs) When his own sister falls under its influence, he travels to Hong Kong to hunt down the man behind the drug trade, the evil billionaire, Mr. Chin. At the same time, a Taiwanese officer has also been sent to stop Chin's drug empire. Together, she and Stoner Battle the drug kingpins, dealers, and henchmen. Jean and the Mark... reason I read the whole thing, because I thought maybe it would help you remember what happened. Okay, so yeah, full disclosure, it's been uh, two weeks since I've seen this, and a month and a half since I've seen uh, Ghost World, so I'm leaning on Zom hard on the... On the <laughs> With a capital hard. With a capital... Uh. Uh, but this is directed by who's this guy's name? What's this loser's name? Fang Huang, um, uh, who did other such masterpieces as Zhui Fu Men and Shandong Ma Yangjin. Wait a minute! Isn't the plural of masterpieces Master Pi? Yes. Okay. Other Master Pi as Deadly China Doll. Oh, he wrote that. I'm sorry. Yao Nu. What did he direct? He did something called Deep Thrust. He did something called Deep Thrust. Deep Thrust. Tian arrives in town to looking to exact revenge on Ling for abandoning her pregnant sister and thus driving said sister to commit suicide. I like Ooh, they have all stupid. these, uh, uh, I guess, Chinese names of these movies, but then the first one he did was Angry River. Um, this is starring uh, one time Bond, George Ladsenby who was very thin in this movie I noticed very skinny Um, and Angela Mao and had some other people in it Mr. Chin was somebody I've never heard of Uh, Sammo Hung was in it briefly Sammo Kim Bo Hung yeah and uh, he did not have a very big role this must have been pretty early on and um, um, as you were mentioning um, Roger Ward Plays an uncredited motorcycle thug. <laughs> and from what he said, that's uh, about as much as, as he... Well, I don't even think he remembered that he was an uncredited motorcycle thug. <laughs> he, he's he's a uh, you-blink-and-miss-him kind of moment yeah. where he has all his hair. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so he's looking like uh, Fifi, not, not like turkey shoot. What's his name? Uh, 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 he pretty much gets laid out pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, Lazenby just judo chops him, and that's about all you see of him. Yeah. Chop. Um, Sammo Hung's almost that level of worthless in the movie. I mean, he's, he has a couple fight scenes, but not much in the way of talking. Um, so I was reading on the IMDb that this was originally going to have Sonny Chiba and Bruce Lee. Yeah. And, like, I read that, and, like, I couldn't help myself but start masturbating furiously. Yeah, um, I'm doing that right now. Yeah, and then um, luckily for me, masturbating furiously only lasts like 15 seconds. So, <laughs> um, I don't get paid by the hour. But because because Lee passed, Chiba actually backed out. But kind of, man, I wish the two of them did a movie together. That would have been fucking so awesome. Yeah. What now? I wonder if it would have been like Chiba would have been the Lazenby, and maybe Lee would have been the. That other, the chick from Taiwan character, maybe. I know they changed the story quite a bit because of that. Like, so I don't know if they kept close enough, if like the characters mm. had, if they had to replace or what. But 
Could have been Only, good. we'll could've, never know. Could have been good. Yeah. So, now you had posted the. So I'm kind of curious if anything differed. Uh, I, I'm not going to watch the YouTube version to see. Uh, I uh, tracked down the Hong Kong version of this. Oh yeah. Hmm. Um. So the dub on YouTube looked pretty bad. So I was like, eh, I might as well look for it. So. I know the beginning changed a little bit. The movie's just a slight bit longer, but I'm curious if any of the story changed. But um, it's not that deep of a story. Well, yeah, considering that both of us haven't seen it in so long, I doubt if I could remember. If you told me what your version was, I doubt if I could. I just remember right off the bat there were some some tit. Well, right, yeah, right off the bat, the, so right off the bat <laughs> on the YouTube like one. Bar- I thought, it, well, it wasn't Barbara Boucher, but it kind of reminded me. Yeah, of it, was a, it was a good-looking blonde woman. Yeah. Uh, great body. But so the way the the one that's on YouTube starts, it's like you see a brief thing with the guy talking about Happy Pills. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Happy Pills are, what, like 10 bucks a piece now? The... Um, <laughs> the, the well, it depends because I think that what they were talking about here is more like what um, Bill Cosby, uh, like Fly. Well, yeah, it's weird. Uh, they, they mix. It's like or it's a cross between that and the shit that the guy took in uh, a Serbian film. It is apparently mixing heroin with Spanish Fly makes you into the, this like, asshole rapey monster too. <laughs> yeah. So if a guy takes it. He's fine. Like a woman is totally horny and uh, out of it. A guy just turns into a, like a, a, a jerk, a douche, like a, a date rapist. Um. <laughs> it literally is a date rape drug. If you take it, you turn into a date rapist. <laughs> um, but the so the Hong Kong version actually starts. It has a it has these guys like bidding on a ship. And like the police start tracking, so it's kind of like it moves the the woman getting involved, the Taiwanese cop. It moves her getting involved to earlier in the story, because these guys are bidding on a ship, but they're the cops suspect something because they bid way too much on it, so they think there's a drug shipment aboard or something. Jesus, you remember that? Um, <laughs> yeah, and that. The, the scientist says it's it works but be- works better than marijuana and it's more addictive than LSD. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and it sexually arouses women. LSD is addictive? I I never knew that, but apparently so. And they call them happy pills, which are which uh, even translated in the in the Hong Kong version it still said happy pills, so that's a stupid name, but um but I love that the supervillain Mr. Chin, like he had a rotating desk like <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of weird because I can't imagine what the, the what advantage. It was never there. stopped. It wasn't like I'm going to turn around and look at the wall now. It just keeps rotating. Yeah. He just like be, they'd be looking at the back of his head there for a little bit. <laughs> it's like, like hang on a second, around. I'll be around. In, I'll be back around in a second. Yeah. And he had a light up world map. It was totally like uh, uh, the evil genius from yeah. what the Mike Myers movie. Um, what the Doctor Evil? Yeah, Doctor Evil. Um. And I, yeah, that was funny when you said look at the back of his head. Like later on, he actually is just sitting there, like turning Whoa, around. Oh, here I go again. <laughs> it's not even like this dramatic. Like I'm gonna turn. Like my henchmen walk in, and there's gonna be a dramatic turnaround to face them. He just keeps spinning around. <laughs> after I guess it was just something that they thought would be <laughs> unique, but it was stupid. So yeah, they uh, they. This drug, I mean, this drug's fucking serious, man. Like, you know, they, they there's a cult based on it already. So yeah. they decide to ship it to uh, Australia. And within, like, 
a day. There's already a cult based on this drug. <laughs> you got a guru, and he's having orgies. Yeah, they're they're having an orgy. There's a chick getting carried around on a gurney, and uh, a bunch of hippies dry dry humping everywhere. <laughs> Fucking dry humping hippies, Just rub uh, themselves raw. Um, and these pills, man. Fucking pri- like, I think he said he wanted to pay fifty bucks for like two of them later on. <laughs> like, Jesus, like I, I don't can't imagine it's that good. And it didn't. I'll even be honest with long. you. I think I could, if you know, you could pretty much, if you were a jerk, just date rape somebody for free. <laughs> yeah. Why would you have to pay fifty bucks? Yeah. If you had no conscience. Oh, there was the one chick filleting a popsicle at the. At the thing now, the they do do this impossible <laughs> like, like she had a great popsicle just going to town on it. Yeah. Um, they do that impossible like is that supposed to so I, is the blonde or whoever that was supposed to be his sister? Well, that's what it says in the synopsis, but sometimes IMDb synopsis. Yeah, I don't recall it being being his sister. I think it was just somebody like it was like somebody related to somebody at the police station. Well, but Stoner, like yeah, Stoner gets involved. What? Yeah, he seemed like he, 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 I mean, I shouldn't say he seemed like he cared, because I guess if he came across somebody who was overdosing on drugs and was yeah. all fucked, but still, he was pretty upset. But yeah, they do that, like, when they, during the orgy, they do that impossible, like, in, in movies, it's so easy to stand up and fuck, and in this one, the girl's legs aren't even spread, and they're somehow fucking standing yeah, up. Yeah, I, I, when... <laughs> <laughs> when they're just they're just standing there with their with the woman standing there standing up like say against the wall with her legs just straight and together, and somehow the guy well I mean maybe maybe her, maybe her vagina's on the front for her yeah or maybe he has a big long curved like wham. a prehensile cock yeah there you go yeah. um, maybe we don't know because we can't uh, there, that, that's the problem um, I can't I can't even do it. The real way, like I, my, I'm too weak. I have to lay down. I'm just like this fat slob. I lay on me. I'm tired. <laughs> I can't even do a missionary because my arms get tired. So I just put my whole weight on top of them. Um, <laughs> Big blob. Am I too heavy for you? No, no, you're fine. Get <laughs> um, there, there's a total gratuitous like shower scene. George won't go in. He's get he gets invited into the shower with like twenty chicks randomly. Um, he's just there to find Melanie though. Well, best comment on Mister Lazenby's mustache. Lazenby so, does have a mustache for about three quarters of the movie, and you actually see him shave it off, which is kind of funny. I never liked him that as much. Like when he was in the James Bond movie, he had kind of short hair and yeah. and no facial hair, and um, he looked he was very handsome ruggedly you know has like a cleft chin and everything and uh but i when we were going to review well we are reviewing it uh <laughs> i went on youtube and found a lot of clips and then i read some interviews and stuff with him and um one thing that he did that he really pissed the studios off was he was going to be the you know he's the next james bond and everything and they had wanted him to go to america and do this this whirlwind tour where he would go on like Merv Griffin and Mike Douglas show or Diana Shore or whatever, Dick Cavett. Yeah. And when he was going to go on the tour, which the studio was paying for, he showed up and he had real long hair and a fucking beard. Like, because he was really into, um, 
you know, like when the when the styles and stuff started changing and the counterculture and all that, he said, you know, hey, this, you know, uh, this is more. I'm young and I want to be what I want to be just because I played this character doesn't mean but they wanted him to go around you know dressing really suave and having the you know looking like james bond and he looked like a fucking hippie and it pissed them off so they said well we're not going to pay for it so they <laughs> sent diana rig well then he uh went on the tour himself and he paid for it himself but he would wear like mod clothes and the long hair and they really but even like in this and in um man from hong kong um i i just i know that the hairstyle in the James Bond movie would be considered to the younger people square. Yeah. But I thought he looked better and I never really liked him as much with the, the, and, and Connery sort of to an extent could, I thought he looked better. Connery, I think looked better with the mustache and with a bald head, but so like yeah. And I mean, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. The, he kind um, of fucked himself. And then I think these movies like this, were um well he, he was, was in man from hong kong right around the same time right yeah well he i um they did this one it was when it was going to be lee and sunny chiba he was ended up being because they backed out or because right. they weren't in it like i that doesn't say on imdb he ended up at this point being the highest paid martial arts actor right, of all because time. It, it was they they didn't up to you that know time. When they were going to have Chiba and Bruce Lee, it, the 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 budget of this was going to be a lot more. Yeah. And then when they didn't, when that didn't happen, and then they tried to get it together, the budget was slashed big time. And Lazenby, they the only, the main reason they got him was they could play off of he was. Pre, I thought they said he was pretty much. I don't. I shouldn't say persona non grata, in. Uh, western films or hollywood uh but he was you know they they got a bad taste in their mouth with him because he would go on these press things and and say shit that they didn't like and he would say stuff like you know i really didn't you know some of this like maybe talk a little shit on the making of say the james bond movie or whatever but hong kong was like well fuck hell we can say this is james von bond versus bruce lee or you know whoever and but you know so they were really playing off of that and he was a name you know and to get a western uh actor that was it was a big name star at the time he hadn't went down but i think he said some of these movies like this and man from hong kong he just was trying to make some money he was almost broke after Uh, you know i could see that i mean i i I know a lot of uh, white actors did that in the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah, worked in Asia to get some cash. So, um, so you know, he 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 made uh, you know his uh, I mean a cur- first acting career a career over there because he didn't have anything you know couldn't get anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There. What was the one? Didn't we reviewed the one where? Remember he? I remember in it he he had lost a lot of weight and he got skinny and something other somebody killed his wife kidnapped his daughter or something. We did we reviewed that. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called though, or maybe we review. I reviewed it on another <laughs> show. I, I thought uh, it was, my god damn it, my batteries in my fucking mouse went dead. Oh, <laughs> who saw it's her die? Huh? I don't know what that. Was. I don't remember oh, that. I, 
I thought we did. Let's see. I'm looking at some of his other movies. Or maybe, maybe I did it on Paleo Cinema. Whoa, he's done a lot of Emmanuel stuff. Yeah. That's God, weird. Damn it. Now this is ridiculous. Why did that go dead right now? Death Dimension, Cover Girls, The Quest, <laughs> International Assassin, Dragon Files, Stoner. I don't see anything familiar. Huh, I don't know. It, it wasn't it wasn't a Hong Kong movie. It was a Well, I'm just looking at all of his movies. It's a British movie. Um so I wish I remembered more about the I wrote about I love all the crash zooms in the movie. I don't remember exactly this particular one because I said there was a even a crash zoom a crash zoom into a photo of him when these drug pushers are trying to track him down. Uh, well, basically, the story it goes after he kind of uncovers Melanie getting fucked up in Australia. He his uh, his path leads him back to Hong Kong, where the drugs coming from, and Mister Chin's kind of set up there. Um, he ends up at that cl- he ends up at a club. That's where he meets Sammo Hung, and Sammo Hung's got that like where I guess this was funny in China at some point, like to have a big hairy mole on your <laughs> on your nose <laughs> or your face. <laughs> Slapsticky. Yeah, he has one of those. Uh, they don't really play it for comedy either. He just has one. <laughs> There's nothing real funny in this movie. Other, I mean, not intentionally funny. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't have a huge role. He does wear. He does dress like me later on. He's got an old man hat and a white members only jacket. <laughs> they, they all have some pretty uh, stylish, snazzy. Yeah, yeah. Slacks and. Uh, you get some. You get some Lazenby doing some like awkward closed mouth kissing and even and fucking a couple times like it looked like the girl didn't really want to make out with him or maybe he didn't want to make out with her i don't know um now one thing i couldn't find so part of the story kind of leads us through this taoist uh temple where the people are getting i guess they're getting treated with like a watered down happy pill or something i I was kind of confused about where what that was it was kind of a front for Mr. Chin's thing, but like, were they giving drugs to the people coming in? God damn it, I can't even remember. Yeah, anyway. And but like, it's not helpful that the batteries went dead in my mouse because I was just going to say, uh, I, when, while you were talking, I was going to do Google image search to jog my memory. And like a <laughs> moron, I took the dead batteries out and threw them in the trash can. And I still reached up for the mouse and started moving. <laughs> just out of instinct. Uh, well, there's a. I couldn't find anything about this, but the Taoist monk in it, um, he when he does his little ceremony, he always has his he sticks his middle finger up when he's curing people, like he's flipping Maybe them the he bird. He wanted to finger Lazenby's hairy <laughs> butthole. He's like he. But like it was weird because I couldn't find anything about that being like some kind of hand gesture in in the in the Taoist face. So I don't know what that was. Hand gesture over here. Um. Yeah, Fuck. I mean, you know, it's the, the action's not bad in this. The little the 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 chick's pretty good. Uh, what was her name? Um, shit, I wanted to see more of that fucking naked girl. Yeah, the Melanie yeah, she was one. good. She was a she was a. I think she's a known martial artist. Angela Mao. She was been in, oh oh shit yeah she's been in she was in Enter the Dragon. Oh, yeah. I remember her from. I think I remember her from Enter the Dragon. Was she the one that the, that uh, was she his sister? I think so. And, uh, what's his name? Um, O'Hara kill, rapes her and kills her, and she slashed his face and all that shit. O'Hara. Let's see the Himalayan. She's in quite a few. Moon, Moonlight Sword and the Jade Lion. That sounds pretty cool. Bandits, prostitutes, and silver. She played the bandit queen in that. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's got a good cover. Um, I forgot I can use my iPad. Oh yeah. To look up stuff. The. Because uh, heaven forbid that I would sit here and pay attention to the show. Eh, whatever. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're used to you're used to being able to, like even you know, like look something up. You're asking me something, and I'm like, fuck, I'll look it up. And then, <laughs> like, I can't even. Uh, you know, I'm I mean, impotent with my computer. Like I was like, well, like I was saying, Angela's pretty. Angela Mouse good, and Meow. even for like a, a gangly, thirteen foot tall white dude, uh, Lazenby's not bad for yeah. his kung fu. I mean. Well, it's oh goddamn! I just reached up for that fucking thing again. Put your mouse I, on the floor or something. Well, no, I had the. Um, I'm using my iPad. I had the uh, where I talked to uh, Roger Ward, and he said, you know, like I said, he said that he because I sent him a thing and I said, hey, we're going to be reviewing this movie Stoner that you were in, and I just happened to see you in it and everything, and I was just wondering if you had any memories of it. Well, of course, he said that him being in this. They were just kind of trying him out mm-hmm. uh, to see how he would do because they want they they were going to use him in um, Man from Hong Kong, and um, he was say he said the one thing that he were you know that he was only in this for for a minute, and um, so he didn't remember too much. But he said that uh, let's see what I what I do remember was George Lazenby telling me of the nightmare he experienced while training for the role. And any future kung fu epics they decided to use him in. He was training heavily and got fed up and refused uh, to get up one day uh, when they called him to go to the gym. But they didn't uh, accept it, and the kung fu trainer front kicked uh, in the door and gave George a hiding before dragging him off to the gym. So I guess uh, Lazenby got a little lazy, Lazenby, kicked shit out of him. And uh, then he was talking. He said that Samo was um, actually a pretty nice guy, and because I, I said something about like the um, the um, cor- fight chore- choreographers and the stuntmen and stuff, you know, I was wondering because Roger Ward had been a pro wrestler in Australia, and I said, well, you're probably used to you know taking some bumps and mm-hmm. catching a few potatoes, you know. Uh, every once in a while and he said some of the some of the guys were real dicks and they would you know kick you hard or whatever yeah. but he said samo was really nice was a pretty nice guy and cool. didn't really have any problems with him the but that's, um that's, if, if, i think if anything they could have sped up lazenby's scenes a little bit to make his you know be a little crisper looking yeah, he's he is. I don't know how tall he was, but in this movie, he looks fucking like a giant. It's like six four or something. Yeah, like that. But he. I mean, that's that's like Joe Don Baker in that Golden Needles. You take a, a, a six foot tall, you know, Caucasian guy and and send him over to Hong Kong, and and they almost look like Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. That's why it always let you know when you see they'll always send like five or six guys after. <laughs> Like Lazenby and he, or he fucking just, like uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar like, and Bruce Lee next to each other. Yeah, yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> Giant footprint. Yeah. Test. Um, and the uh, I love when they show kind of the like that drug party. They're fucking hilarious. These these chicks that are serving beverages like their aprons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More gratuitous nudity. They just have like they're totally <laughs> naked. But they have aprons on. But make, to make sure they show their tits, they just cut like two titty holes in the front of these aprons. Lazenby <laughs> <laughs> probably requested that. <laughs> it's so random. In lieu of pay. What's the point of wearing the apron at all? Like, well, you know, I, I guess know. they need somewhere to wipe their hands. I know what the point was. I know what the point of the titty holes were. <laughs> Hang your hat on. 
Um, that's that's all I got. Do you have anything to add? Um, let's see. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is just more Roger Ward. He said, uh, "Oh, cool." Um, he was once talking to Andre Morgan, producer of Stoner, and a man from Hong Kong, and uh, uh, we were watching an escape of sorts where the lead character jumps from a balcony onto a pile a uh, pylon seat on a getaway motorcycle. So he jumped off a balcony and just like, you know, crotch first on a motorcycle. Jesus. It was done with stuntmen, of course, or one should rightly say a stuntman. But in this case, it was stuntmen. Those poor bastards kept missing the, motors- the motorcycle <laughs> and crushing their balls on the back mud guard and the petroleum tank. Yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. And that Samo kicked my balls right up to my throat and the man from Hong Kong. Uh, oh, and, uh, at the beginning of man from Hong Kong, when they're chasing, I, I don't know if you remember or not, there's like a big, big hill. It's like a big mountainless like hill and they're remember. running up it. And he said, Samo accidentally kicked him in the nuts and kicked his balls up to his throat. Um, <laughs> George was excellent in, uh, in his fight scenes, very fast and hard. If he connected, uh, you know it. So, I mean, because that's what I was saying something to him about. You know, I wondered if Lazenby had any kind of martial arts training. And I think this movie, um, they because in Man from Hong Kong, he looked a lot crisper and like he knew what he was actually doing. And yeah. I think in this one, he didn't. And they were just kind of showing him what he needed to do. Yeah, but yeah. then as his career and him doing this stuff, he, he kind of developed more of a technique. That, that final fight scene go, goes on a little while, but I thought it was pretty well done with all the fire and everything. That looked pretty good. Um, this was like a, a higher budget movie. Like you were saying, a higher budget movie kind of hiding in a, behind a lower budget. It wasn't, yeah, I mean, it's very solid. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's all right. It's, um, let's see. George is, is an excellent fighter, and Samo was so fit, especially for a guy his size. Not a cruel bastard, uh, either, like so many of his compatriots who loved inflicting pain. So, I th- like I said, I think he was just saying that um, some of those guys, you know, they they would uh, intentionally kind of give you a, a shot just to see how you'd react. Right. But I thought this was pretty good. Like you said, I think it was a little long. I always enjoy these kind of movies where, especially from this time, where you get to see the the different, you know, clothes, the polyester yep. and the kind of the big collar shirts and everything. And I was surprised in this that, uh, like you said, about three quarters of the way through, Lazenby is on this like a uh, ju- uh, junket or whatever, like you know, a uh, uh, boat, and all of a sudden he pulls a razor out and just shaves his big giant. Bushy no, he borrowed it from the guy that was running running the boat. Yeah, he says, "Do you have a razor?" You have a razor, and of course the guy had one. Why not? It's like what the fuck? Um, it was his disguise. I, that was how he. I gets, enjoyed um, the sadism of the villains who put George and the heroin in a room they forced them to take the the drug the the love drug or the <laughs> rape drug and she uh was well she said she wanted a pill and 
But because, she didn't take it. He got injected with it. Yeah, they gave him uh, intravenous. They gave him a, a shot him up, and she took a pill, but then she didn't really take it. Well, then Lazenby goes berserk, and she has to fight him <laughs> off because he's so fucking horny that he's just trying to rape the fucking shit out of her. And um, then the second time, because they were just getting off on it, they thought it was hilarious, but they didn't stay and watch. That was kind of weird. Which was stupid. Because they just were like, they didn't even turn the cameras on. They yeah, had they cameras left. in the room. So then uh, the next time they come in, they say, well, "Hey, we're going to give you some more, <laughs> and then we're going to leave, so we can't see anything." <laughs> and uh, that time they kind of use her head, but she was trying to tell George to fight the fight the effects of the pill. Well, guess what? That fucking pill. I bet you. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet you five bucks he didn't swallow the pill either, but he didn't tell her. <laughs> he just wanted to act like an asshole. I can't stop myself. No, yeah, he, well, no, no, no. He had the injection. He couldn't help it. Yeah, but it did remind me now after the, after the fact the way you know he was acting inside the the uh, the prison cage or the cell or whatever. It did remind me of uh, a Serbian film where they would give that guy that fucking drug and he would just be like, oh hey, yeah, maniac just wanting to fuck with a giant George Lazenby hard on. Um, <laughs> The, you know, the, of course, at the end, you have a, a big uh, shamas, a big, as they said, it's like a big shamas where everybody gets involved and they're yeah. all just karate and fighting. Um, even though in these movies like this, like you said, where Lazenby, uh, it, 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 I get a certain amount of nostalgic joy out of watching old. Okay, now I like Shaw Brothers movies and. And that kind of stuff where the choreography is really great, and you're like, "Fuck, man, that's so awesome how they did that." And you know, yeah. uh, didn't really uh, a lot of times no wire work or anything, but the choreography. But I also enjoy watching the movies where you know that somebody really doesn't know kung fu. Yeah, or, it's, a, or, it's, it's there's something endearing about these things where it's like a yeah. goofy white guy doing the. But they go thing. through the motions like they do, like like he's doing the you know the hand motions like ah. Oh, Oh, you know, <laughs> he doesn't know <laughs> shit, but he can still, but that just shows you um, that uh, the whole, in these movies, if everything was real, it shows you that these, 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 uh, these guys in Hong Kong and China and everything that are these martial arts masters that led to these Shaolin temples and everything. And then this big American comes over and just goes through the motions and fakes it. And he can still whip the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I think your training's a little lacking, but I, I enjoyed this. It, like I said, it was a little bit long. I was shocked and surprised at how much gratuitous. Uh, nudity. Yes. He and tit from, from, from the fucking very beginning, I was like, "God damn!" <laughs> and I did. I the, that one woman, and I'm and I just literally was sitting here picking up the mouse, trying to move it. Yeah, uh, turn it upside down or something. Well, it doesn't matter. It's because I'm like a fucking Pavlov's dog. Um, <laughs> so as soon as we take our break, I'm gonna go get a couple batteries, hopefully in there. Um, but um, I did think that chick was pretty hot, and she did kind of have that '70s Barbara Boucher look. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a that was kind of nice, and um. I, I, I would have liked to have seen more Lazenby fucking, you know, like him getting it was naked. Pretty, it was pretty awkward, yeah. Maybe some clenched butt cheeks in the in the uh, <laughs> in the uh, what you call it position. But uh, I think you know how you heard that um, 
uh, Jimmy Wang Yu, they said in, in Man from Hong Kong when he would have a... Oh, he didn't want to kiss the white women. Yeah, love scene with a gaijin woman. He the, the the chick was hot too, but he would like chew garlic yeah. and then kiss her. Well, I think they said on Her Majesty's Secret Service in the interview, there's there's a, a couple of interviews on YouTube and there's a black and white one that's almost like a little uh, press thing where they're interviewing him on the uh, set of Her Her Majesty's Secret Service. And in between the interview, they show like them shooting the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, it's obviously after the movie's been shot because he's got, you know, longer hair and kind of a, like he's growing a beard. And um, they, there was a rumor that he and Diana Rigg didn't get along on the set of that movie. Hmm. And I swear, cause it's been, you know, like I said, probably like a, uh, a month and a half or whatever since, since I saw it. But I thought they said that he to, to fuck with her had uh, either, been drinking and he had alcohol in his breath and she didn't for the love scene she did but it was in the newspapers it was a rumor that they didn't get along and that maybe he chewed garlic or something like that but then he said that wasn't true that that but they they had had a little bit of a dust up because she was kind of a uh not a prima donna but just kind of um wanted her way and he right. kind of fucked with her a little bit but he said they got along fine and that they had made up and everything so it was almost kind of like you heard that shit about jimmy wang you and you're like what a dick but then you know lays and bees he seemed kind of like a uh uh not like a big kid but like somebody that that uh he he just didn't want to like he was telling the producers of the bond movie the culture has changed the stuff that you did with Connery, which was more the style of how they dressed and how they acted, and he was the swinging singles guy who would go around and fuck these girls. He said that's kind of almost that's that's fading away. We need to take him to uh, change the James Bond character to where the the younger kids who are into the counterculture um, might like him like. Maybe let him grow his hair a little bit longer and not have him not be such a shithead and an ass <laughs> to women, you know, because in the fucking movies, you know, he's kind of a dick. I mean, he'd like fuck these women and they get killed or or he'll fuck them and then just leave. You know, he, he's like kind of like a sociopath. And he wanted to kind of change the character because he said it was kind of a repulsive kind of a character. Of course, they weren't down with that and everything. But right. I think he was kind of a guy that was – um that's right when Hollywood started changing. It was right before like Easy Rider mm-hmm. where they actually started making movies that had hippies in it or people with long hair and they weren't just uh, drugged out like, you know, reefer madness and shit like that. <laughs> and and he was right there and he was the guy that was more open to, you know, like I could see him maybe like, there'd be like the guys like John Wayne and, and those guys that right, were the right. heart drinkers. And then the next generation was Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson and Dennis Hopper. And he was right there with those sort of with those guys. But the, the, his big mainstream break was still playing that, that uh, James Bond character and Connery. The reason he quit was 
he kind of got that way with that. It was the formula and they just wanted to keep redoing that formula and the times were changing. And Connery even got to where he was like, I don't know if I want to do this shit anymore, but you know, anyway, I th- I just think that's one of the reasons. And, and what I was going to say was where I found this was at the top of uh, the silver and gold group. We have that pinned post. Oh yeah. The YouTube post. Yeah. And I was just looking down through there and, and there's all those movies that people have put on there. And I cannot remember who posted this? I wish I did because uh, I was going down through there and I was like, well, I'm going to go through there and see if there's, you know, because these people are recommending putting these up on here and, and it was still on some of them. Um, you know, you'll look and they're, they're not on YouTube anymore, but this was. And so, you know, whoever posted it, I forget who it was, but thanks. And a guy I'd never heard, I'd never seen this. And I just think that Lazenby is the way his career went, how he got, he was just a model. And he got the shot at doing this movie and then uh, or get the shot at doing uh, the James Bond movie, which if he would have played ball with the studio and uh, he would have probably been able to do as many James Bond movies as he wanted. But he kind of fucked it up himself. His life would have been a a lot different. But we wouldn't have stoner. We wouldn't have seen titty holes in in an apron. It took a turn where he did stoner and he did uh man from hong kong and some of these other movies which in a different way i mean of course he didn't make as much money but it's he had a still had a really interesting career because he was making these movies over there and getting to meet these guys that we like sammo hung jimmy wang you and all these it's a totally different it's not hollywood but he experienced all that you know, so I That's just I cool. think he's a, a a cool character and a cool actor. You know, somebody to kind of delve into. But anyway, what would you rate I, this I, movie? I would give this one. It's it's nowhere. It's not as good as Man from Hong Kong, which I really like. Um, oh, I, it's got a lot of titty in it. it does have a lot of titty that brings and, it up at least a quarter and, point. And, the way the titty is shown is so sleazy that it, <laughs> it should raise it up. Um, oh, yeah, I gyrating on the ground, crawling along. I'm trying to give this a 7, but I don't know if it's a 7. It might be a 6.75. Yeah, but it's a, I'm it's, there. I, I give it a 6.75, too. Yeah, That's fair. So. It's, it's a solid movie. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's off the beaten path for martial arts movies. It definitely feels that it's time, but um, it's entertaining enough. And like I said, it has some sleazy aspects, so... Yet a certain, yet a certain, uh, like I said, uh, that that uh, golden needles with Joe Don Baker and Jim Kelly. And that. Now that one wasn't as much of a Hong Kong movie as this one actually takes place in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, but I, those movies where you would have a gaijin or a westerner. Yeah. That that is like the the, uh, what do you call it? fish out of water. Mm-hmm. And they're in Hong Kong, and they're they're like like I said, the big American, you know, whatever brawler, and they're thrown in with all these kung fu guys. I always like that kind of a thing. Yeah. So it's uh, it's something that's up my alley. Dig oh, it. Cool. A couple of six point seven fives, definitely worth movie a, a movie uh, worth a movie. Jesus, a, a movie, movie worth checking out. Um, why don't we take a break and come back and talk about another movie maybe worth checking out? Uh, Ghost World from two thousand one. We'll be right back. One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s, 
Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled the train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. We're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm going to fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that, and I'm waste. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at TWORpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios. James song from this, but uh, since I so hurriedly put together the breaks, I completely blanked on that. Still good, though. That sounds like The Who. It is The Who. All right, uh, Ghost Ghost World, um, directed by Teddy Zvigoff. Um... <coughs> With, on, with only the plan of moving in together after high school, two unusually devious friends seek direction in life. As a mere gag, they respond to a man's newspaper ad for a date, only to find it will greatly complicate their lives. That's a weird synopsis for this movie. Well, what but, you gonna do? Uh, so this is based on a series of comics uh, <laughs> by Daniel Close. And uh, Close was, he, he's had some weird stuff. But he did Art School Confidential. So you get kind of the same kind of feel, I think, uh, as far as uh, uh, movie world goes. But what the hell is going on over there? I'm trying to hold back a cough. I thought you were getting ready to vomit. Um, so <laughs> Zom... Like I said, especially with this one, I watched this right after our last episode. So, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to be leaning on you hard on this one. So, Had capital, you seen this? I, I, I had seen this when it first came out on video, mm-hmm. and I saw it for the second time just a month and a half ago. Okay. So, well, what I did had you think? Have you seen this seen before? This. No. Oh, okay. So what did you think of Ghost World? Um, okay. First impressions were, okay, we're going to review a movie with Scarlett Johansson that I have (laughs) never seen. And I'm a fan of her titties and of her butt and of her lips. Okay. Now, 
Um, she's very young in this. Yes. Okay, this was made in 2001. And when was she born? 80, oh, Jesus. She was born when I graduated from high school. <laughs> so, okay. All right. Maybe I shouldn't say any of this. Um, no, she, anyway. was a, she was maybe 18. <laughs> she was legal? Close, if not there. All right. Well, whatever. Um, so anyway, but I mean, that's not I mean, neither here nor there because this movie isn't about uh, that. That's not about Scarlett Johansson's titties, butt, or lips. Although there are times in this movie where they look good. She does have a voice uh, that seems to say that maybe she smokes some cigarettes, yeah, because she kind of has a little, you know, little she got the that, rasp, that little raspy, cute voice. That if the girl's cute and has that voice, I need to watch her again. I've said that a lot late, lately, but her voice is great in that too. Um, now I didn't know anything about this. Never. The only thing that I think I remember seeing a picture of Thora Birch with the Catwoman BDSM mask on. Yeah. I don't know where, but I know I've seen that because as soon as she put, I was like, "Oh, this is where this is from." I had a, okay. I had the little action, the Enid action figure, like the doll, <laughs> and it came with Enid like an optional doll. like little mask you could put on it. And the yeah, I, I love it. now. Was her name actually Enid Coleslaw? I don't know what her last name was. I only know Enid. I think I read that on Wikipedia because <laughs> I was told, <laughs> or no, maybe it was on the uh, on IMDb on the trivia uh, that her name was Enid Coleslaw. But I don't know if that's what her real name was or not. Um, now the the um, the concept of this uh, I is that these two friends they're in high school and you're you're getting right at the end of when they're graduating the w- wikipedia it, about i've looked up the wikipedia entry for the the series of comics and she is named enid coleslaw and rebecca <laughs> doppelmeyer coleslaw okay but so they <laughs> they are best friends and as best friends tend to do they rely on each other and make fun of other people um and kind of the the one of the things that the, they 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 like to fuck with fuck with and like uh look at and almost um uh view in a in uh, it's a way to um entertain themselves fuck with and look at geeks and weirdos yes which is kind of funny um, cause you know, I think we've probably all been there, including you and I, uh, yes. <laughs> horror movie conventions. I, I am guilty of being an asshole, just like these two girls. Yeah. Are. So yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny to kind of have your own little, like a, a click of two. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, and, um, Thora Birch, uh, I looked her up and, uh, the, the thing that I knew her from the most was she played Jack Ryan's daughter in, um, uh, Patriot Games. Uh, uh, I remember her from American Beauty. Yeah, and she was yeah American Beauty. And she showed her boobs in that. Um, now, <laughs> she um, she does have some pretty big knockers. Y'all, they're huge. <laughs> and um, uh, not only that, but they said now for this movie, she is supposed to be kind of the uh, a little bit of the hipster kind of a l- less attractive friend. Now there's she's not ugly at all or anything like no, that. No, no, but, no. but they 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 actually make that point in here like 
uh, when her and Scarlett are sitting together at graduation or anywhere, if a guy walks over, they just immediately start talking to Scarlett and almost to- even if they know them both, they'll totally like ignore her and she'll even speak up and say, Oh, Hey, and they'll be, Oh, Hey, what are you doing? You know, even though she's sitting right there. And, um, so, um, the, the, they, she, she is one of these people like, um, they're kind of like self-imposed outcasts from high school. They both hate like their kind of status there. And they're, and they're kind of, um, they just hate everything. They have a bad. They, they have bad attitudes. But they, but they they do find or look for and find interesting things in just everyday stuff. Right. Um. Like I said, like just uh, fucking with people. But they're not like real super dicks. But it's 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 more in a kind of like a I think kind of like a harmless way. They're not like going to finding an ugly girl at school and kicking right, her right, right, right. steps or anything. They're not bullying it's, anybody. They're not. They're they're assholes to themselves. Between it's for the two their own amusement. They're kind and, of an uh, asshole to that Josh guy sometimes. Yeah, which is uh, Brad Renfro, who I, I can't imagine. He, I mean, I, I he he died pretty young, and uh, he was starting to look kind of bloated. And uh, he was uh, only twenty five when he died. Crappy in this. Um, he works at a like a Seven Eleven or some kind of a convenience store. So they have they do their like uh, you know daily rounds where they'll go in and fuck with him a little bit, and then they'll go over here and do this and see go into a place and do something stupid Look or at whatever. The Satanists at the diner. Yeah. Like I said, it's kind of like they they're just uh, entertaining themselves. Yeah. They're in their own little world, which they like. Um, now. They happen across a – which is – this is a weird coincidence because I was talking about the Gilbert Gottfried podcast and Steve Buscemi uh, being the, the guest on there. And he actually – I just listened to this last night, and he was actually talking about this movie a little bit. And um, he um, – I think he – didn't he put an ad in the – he put he an put ad a, in it, it was like a missed connection type ad where it's like, hey, I was wearing this. You looked like this. We had a moment where this happened. Try to contact me if and you're And he's interested. just hoping that there's yeah. a possibility that – which, you know, God I – mean, okay, first of all, that's something that a, uh, a pretty totally – you're putting your, your faith in, uh, in just chance and, and that somebody's going to even know who the fuck I, – I actually uh, had a girl one time and – um, well, I mean, this was this was like on Facebook, and it was a girl that I had class with in college, and I sat beside of her in several classes, and we talked and everything. And at that time, like I, she went to the gym I went to, and I'd see her at the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is after we graduated. One time, I was in the gym working out, and she came over, and started talking to me, so she, you know, remembered me and everything. And but you know, my God, it was probably. Um, I don't know, 15 years later or something, I looked her up on Facebook and I sent her a thing and she was like, okay, now who, you know, who are you and everything? Cause I, I told her, I said, I used to have such a crush on you. Right. And then when I sent her a picture, she was kind of like, okay, I think I kind of remember you now, but it was, but it was so long, you know, after that and everything. Um, um, but that's the kind of thing where you're just, what in my thing is probably like how Buscemi was in this is, um, I get in my head sometimes where, especially when I was younger, I'm like, okay, 
who gives a fuck? I'm going to, I'm going to try. Yeah. Like if I see a girl and I've been thinking, okay, I really like her, or whatever, I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to fucking call her. And I, cause I just have to put it in play. If it doesn't happen, I'll probably be like, God damn it. But at least I'll know I tried. Or whatever. So he kind of is, he has the, the real desperation thing. He puts this thing in this, uh, well, like, a personals or wanted at or where like i saw you i was standing on the street i was eating a taco or something i had a green shirt on you walked by whatever hat like i bumped into you or something and said i'm sorry or something but uh you know, like you said uh, if you remember me give me a call so i mean mm-hmm. this is a shot in the fucking dark a million thing chance and so scarlet and um well rebecca and enid happen to see this this is probably something that they do where they they look through something like that and then they see something and they're like let's fuck with this guy this was the mean thing they did yeah this nerdy guy they call his answering machine and kind of put the ball in play but not really yeah uh that. Which i found is... that song finally i've been, I've been uh, looking for it one thing about this movie, and I did not know this until I just started looking at the IMDb, because, like I said, I looked at the trivia and stuff like that and read a little bit about it. But I was going to say that the, the music in this movie reminded me of the music that, that um, they played in the Crumb documentary. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, yeah, and then it ends up that uh, uh, yeah. Terry Zweigoff is the guy that did the Crumb documentary, which I actually like that 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 style of music. It's it's like um, well, for one thing, uh, Buscemi and his and some of his friends reminded me of us and some of our friends. Dude, I Buscemi, I I. <laughs> I wrote you, and I remember exactly where at work I was standing when I wrote it. I said, Steve Buscemi in this movie is my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the the, um, the computer chess movie. Um, when we watched that, and they, they went to that chess tournament, and they're all hanging out in the yeah. hotel room and sit around talking. And when we watched that, we were like, God, this reminds me of horror. Because <laughs> he's, he's – I mean, this guy – like, I relate a lot because in the comics uh, – he, the 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 Seymour is that his name in the movie? Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's a composite of what of the comics. Like that, it's not. There's not just one Seymour character in the comics. It's more. It's more of a. It's, it wasn't one long story. It was a lot of little short ones in a monthly kind of uh, book that he would do. Um, and but in the movie, like Seymour, I mean, he's he's awkward with women. He's got like this weird like. Uh, he's got this hobby where he collects things that not everybody everybody would be into. Right. Like he's kind of obsessed with it. His friends, like you know, he's got nerdy friends that are kind of in the same boat. And like well, you he's can just see like a, yeah. The the um not just okay okay the the sound the actual songs and the sound of that set those seventy eight records and yeah. how they kind of have that monotone the hiss uh, and the hiss yeah. and everything put me in the mind of the crumb documentary because i'm sure some of those songs are either the same as the ones in the documentary right but or or the similar you know blues kind of old uh you know delta blues or whatever you know i want to make sure i get it right because even the he he busts balls about that because he's 
it would be like somebody like one of us saying something about uh, you know hong kong cinema or this <laughs> and and somebody saying well i like kung fu movies well do you like shaw brothers do you like this but um i can also see in buscemi um that there's a little of our crumb, the the person yeah. in him, because Crumb's thing was he liked to collect those old 78s and he had a goddamn, you know, 3,000 of them and he'd take them out and play them. Right, right. And nobody else liked listening to that kind of music, but he would just sit and listen to it and draw and everything. So, and he was kind of a shut in kind of a guy and hung out with the you know a, a different crowd like an arty or a nerdy arty uh whatever kind of a hipster crowd or or whatever however you want to label because everybody's different you know yep. we go to the that's the one thing you know when we go to the movie things and stuff like that we all kind of have our group and everything but everybody's still not everybody's the same and you know you got older people younger people you got you know some of the ones that are getting drunkard and shit and some of us that are just you know and then you got some of them that have families and wives and kids and everything or you but got have, you got a guy that dresses up like black jack mulligan that won't leave you alone in the yeah <laughs> i don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about uh, <laughs> hey hey um, Tommy Ridge, come over with no teeth. Talk about shake. Oh, I got that wrangle, that shake. Ah. And what's bad is you go to the wrestling thing, and some of the wrestlers, you know, you're like, okay, wait a minute. I thought we were the nerds, but, you know, some of you guys are pretty fucking. Uh, I hope Ricky and Robert show up this year. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> They're everywhere right now. I started well, following them on Facebook. They're fucking everywhere. Come on, guys. You can make it to Charlotte. But yeah, well, I don't think it's a. I thought somebody said they might have had a little falling out with uh, what's his name, Greg Price. Oh fuck! But I don't know. But I don't know. That was just a rumor. Um. But so anyway, this this kind of is just something that um that it's like a little side joke, kind of little mean little girls thing. But like I said, not too mean. They just kind of fuck with this guy. He doesn't know that they're fucking with him. Yeah, I don't even think that we said what they what they do. They they call. P- posing as the woman from the ad right. and get him saying meet us here at this 50s diner this 50s diner they go to that plays like hip-hop music yeah um and <laughs> and they're just gonna sit and like st- make it basically stand him up and just watch him yeah it's it's almost like like in marvel comics the watcher you know that they, they set him up and then they and they they have no intention of telling him you know, going over and saying, hey, nerd, I saw your thing. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Where's your date or something? They, they're they never going to do that. They're doing this for their own amusement, you know. And, and the interesting uh, thing, I thought, was that you have – because when you're in this, it, it's, it's an interesting time they're in because they're still essentially kids. And they're coming from that weird bubble that you're in in high school where doing that sort of thing to, like, somebody you would deal with every day in high school, it's shitty, but – it's one thing, but then when when especially when Enid sees kind of in this real world setting what the effect of her just being kind of a cunt was, right? It's it totally like makes a change, like it something. Well, and a, he, a, a switch he is uh, say they're eighteen years old. He's like what mid thirties, probably like yeah mid to late thirties. Yeah, so he's a grown man, you know, and th- and his he's deep into this is his life. I mean, he's he's kind of a, I I don't know if I should say a dead end because, in some ways, uh, he has a certain amount of okay, he's alone. Yeah, uh, he has his his friends, you know, whatever, but he doesn't have like a romantic interest. But he's comf- 
comfortable in his life. He, he likes what he likes. He enjoys, he knows what he enjoys and he takes a certain amount of comfort in, in the things that he collects. Now he even says something about that, you know, like when you don't have anything, you, you collect uh, things to make you feel comfortable. You know, they're your things. And, um, she starts taking this is a uh, Enid Coleslaw. <laughs> I love that name. She starts taking an interest in him as um kind of like a a subject uh, almost like a test subject or a, yeah. a, a, a a what do you call it an experiment and she meets him and starts talking to him and everything and she tells him that she's going to help him find a woman. She's going to help him find somebody and my thing from the guy's perspective, you have this young girl, and like I said, you know, she's supposed to be the lesser the, uh, or the, in, uh, the, uh, the girl that's not as, as cute or whatever, and Scarlet's supposed to be the one that the but still, if, if, if I put myself in his shoes, I would be thinking, you know, this young girl, she's trying to find him a woman now, his brain supposedly unless he was just playing it cool was uh that he was going along with her is kind of an interesting thing and she even says at one point uh didn't you ever think about me you know why didn't you ever come on to me why didn't you ever like ask me out you know and he's like well you know you're you're like my friend and you're younger and blah 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 blah." i love his i love his reactions to her because she's very like she's very crude yeah, and like like doesn't cut corners. Like he he'll always say like Jesus when she'll she'll say something like Oh, you like a girl with big tits, or uh, uh, you'll end up, you'll be up to your neck in pussy this summer. And he's like Jesus. It's like in fucking Miller's Crossing. Jesus, Tom. Jesus. <laughs> uh, which I think they said the, the uh, I I was looking up some stuff about you know him and and there were uh, I I love the trivia where someone will actually sit there and count uh, that. They say Jesus, Tom, Jesus, eight times in that movie, and five times were Buscemi, and one time or two, you know, uh, three times was Albert Finney saying it to him. You know, mm-hmm. it's like God. And the kind of people that would sit there and count how many times in the movie and put it on a trivia thing are the kind of guys that like, like Seymour, that would, you know, in this movie. Um, you have some other people in this that you that you may recognize. Um, the uh, that the guy. Uh, Bob Balaban. Yeah, he plays was in Seinfeld some. Edith's dad, and he was in uh, uh, the Paul Newman Absence of Malice. He was in that. Wasn't He's he, been in a he, he bunch was one of, of the bellhops in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes. Uh, of course, you have Brad Renfro. He was like tragic. You know, he was uh, uh, addicted to drugs and alcohol and ended up dying really young. What was the guy's uh, name that with the mullet and everything? Oh my God, I can't remember, but he was awesome because he was this white trash redneck guy who had a mullet, and especially the first time he comes into like the Seven Eleven or whatever the store was, a convenience store, he has a pair of cut off uh, jean shorts, no shirt. He's he's fairly kind of cut up, lean and cut up, but he has the um, the the uh, the the sunburn. And you yeah, can tell he took his, tan, yeah. his wife beater off because you could see the his where where the wife beater was. It's real white. Yeah, he's got like the, the dirt lip stash. He always wears aviators and jorts and always uh, has his nunchucks. Nunchucks. He does nunchucks in the parking lot. Yeah, the nunchuck thing was great. And then uh, um, Pat Healy is in this. Now I know him from. Uh, I think he was a. 
I'm thinking I was thinking he was a comedian, uh, but because um, I know I've seen him in other stuff, and I was thinking like as a comedian, but he is a dick. In, well, he's I would I shouldn't say he's as much a dick. He fucks with Enid and Scarlet. But like he calls Enid a, a stupid Jew all the time just because he knows mm-hmm. it'll get a rise out of her. I don't think he's as much he's anti Semitic as it just he knows he that he just wants that to get on her nerves. If yeah. he mentions if he says that to her, she gets really pissed. Like because uh, she tries to be too cool for school all the time, uh, which is a weird, funny saying <laughs> too cool for school. <laughs> uh, so anyway, <laughs> um, just they just have like it's almost like a uh, a Cohen Brothers movie where the, now because I think I'm sure like Scarlet wasn't anything big at this time. Buscemi was probably not like a he uh, you know this might have been uh, like after Reservoir Dogs, but he still wasn't like a, a a huge name. But they have characters and 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 just you know the Brad Renfro character uh, of Josh or the Pat Healy character you know the guy I was just talking about or the guy with the nunchucks stuff like that. They're not like they're just there. They're they're in the um They're part of this world. They're part of that world. This yes. Ghost world. <laughs> ghost. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, I didn't have it queued up. I'm sorry. Oh, I fucked it up. <laughs> God damn it, Cree. Um there so... <laughs> Jesus Cricket. <laughs> I I w- one thing that I thought was was funny and i just i didn't think about it until just now was um she does um get i can't remember if enid actually was responsible for this or not but he actually does meet the lady that he ran into on the well no she eventually calls him because she she was in a relationship at the time and she's like uh I know. She had seen the ad, but she didn't call because she was in a relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it went sour, so she thought, what the f-? She was in one of those situations where she was like, okay, you know, I'm not – it's like you are you have a girl you work with or something, and you know she's interested in you, but you're like, eh, I'm not interested. She's not my type, blah, 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 blah. I got a girlfriend, right? And then as soon as you get dumped or you've been single for so long, you look at her and you go, you know what? Who gives a fuck? I'm going to ask her out. She likes me. I'm going to give her a chance. And it's okay. it's it's an interesting thing with – with what happens there it's like there's a lot of things in this movie where characters have a certain perception of life or people or something and but they live in kind of a sheltered kind of way and then when they're exposed to something new that seems exciting and magical and whatever they they're they're it's that that's what it is and then when they finally like get to know whatever that thing is it's kind of like a fart like it's kind of like life where it's like oh this is gonna be awesome and then when it happens you're like okay that was really not anything better than what i had before well and and then also you you um you have a tendency to build up like like I said, whether it was the girl I knew from college or a girl I knew from high school that I never talked to but I had a crush on or something, and you build up in your head 
what they're going to be and how things are going to go. Mm-hmm. But all you're doing is projecting yourself and what you want onto them. And they may be a fucking total cunt. They may be, uh, you know, insecure as hell. They may be, you know, somebody that you wouldn't, they might have bad breath or something, somebody you wouldn't even want to go out with. And then when reality kicks in, you're like, oh, fuck. Or like you said, it's just, you know, life with them is still just life and you're still just you. And <laughs> so anyway, I love his line in it where he said, um, cause she's, when she's trying to hook him up or whatever, set him up or whatever, you know, she's like, there's gotta be people in there with like blah, 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 that have your interest. And he's like, um, maybe I don't want to meet someone with my, shares my interest. I hate my interest. Yeah. <laughs> They're like a burden to him. Cause he's like, you know, and, and, and this is another thing I relate to. He's trying to fill holes by the, these, this collecting that he does um like he he's missing something in his life and it's right. comforting to have these this yeah. order with the record well, collection you have to you, how there, many times do you hear guys or whether it's ourselves or guys that we know or something say i would just i would love to meet a girl that likes wrestling that would go to see wrestling with it yeah. or i'd love to meet a girl that that i could sit and watch uh a George Lazenby Hong Kong Kung Fu <laughs> movie and talk to her about uh, titty holes you know, in the aprons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, which you have actually not given anything away, but the, in Deadpool, you kind of have a situation like that, no. but, but um, it, it, they're, you know, when they say opposites attract, mm-hmm. you may want to meet somebody that doesn't like any of that shit. And, but you do, and just because you do doesn't mean they have to, but then maybe it would be good to me to, but you know, it just, it's, you know, fucking, it's just all, you're all going to fucking end up worm food. So who gives a shit? (laughs) So anyway, um, but one thing I was going to say was, um, I was at work the other day and there's a guy at work and he's one of these guys that he was married and him and his wife were, uh, uh, were kind of odd. Um, they might have possibly, done some swinging and or were because i mean this is coming from her mouth some of the stuff that they did or that she did sexually um i don't know it was pretty extreme even for me to think about and you know (laughs) i've seen lots of stuff but anyway um they ended up getting a divorce and he's just one of these guys that would just constantly, even when they were married would be like, Hey, you know, if you had to watch what you said in front of him, I've had several people like this because if you ever said just off the top of your head and weren't thinking, ah, fuck man, I got today off. He'd be like, Oh, you got today off. Well, why don't we go see a movie or something? And then you have to make up an excuse because it's like, I don't want to go out and run around with this weirdo. So anyway, Plus, you know, you're thinking, okay, what the fuck is, you know, what's the situation here? But <laughs> I I was standing there, and this dude was at work, and he's on another shift, and I was just looking, and he had a pair of stonewashed Levi's straight leg jeans on that when I was watching this movie a few days later, they were the jeans that Steve Buscemi starts wearing. Nice. Because of that girl, and they look so out of now. In the mid to late '80s or early '90s or whatever, <laughs> you know, and if you're wearing those, it would have just been like everybody's wearing them. No big deal. 
but they look so fucking bad, so <laughs> out of place, and so shitty now. When I saw Buscemi wearing them in this movie, I was like, oh Dad my jeans. god. Dad and when jeans, I saw, yep. Yeah, yes. And when I saw that guy, I was just looking, and he had his back to me, and I was like, what the fucking hell are you wearing, <laughs> you know? So anyway, that was just kind of something there. Um, I, I, you can only, in some of these movies, if they're done well and everything, you can relate to some of the stuff like um, Enid becomes interested in Buscemi's character Seymour. Uh, at first, kind of as a a distraction, something for her to do, something yeah. for her to take take up her time and everything. And you start doing that as a fan of the movie and watching the movie. You start kind of rooting for like, okay, it's it's like um, I don't know if it's like Lestrada where the woman's with Anthony Quinn and he's being a dick and you just are screaming at the TV <laughs> screen. You know, why don't you just be nice to her? And I want him her to finally break through and for them to be together and be in love. I wonder if he just, if, if it was more him avoiding it because of the age difference, or maybe even he, it just didn't occur to him, like, because he doesn't assume that women would typically would even be interested in him. Or especially not like young, like, like hip, cute girls or whatever. Right. I was thinking that, and maybe I'm sure, okay, he's a dude, he has a wiener and nuts, (laughs) And so I'm sure, and she looked pretty good at several different times. And, <laughs> um, but that, especially with the age difference, okay, like my niece now is 18 and my nephew's 19 and say they have like one of their friends and the girl's good looking or something. And, you know, your instinct with a young girl that's good looking and the girl flirts with you a little bit or says something or whatever is to flirt back. But then you're like, okay, this girl's fucking 19 years old or, or a girl <laughs> or a girl at work or somebody that you just meet. And you're like, you know, my God, as old as I am, you know, but so you're thinking it in your head, but you know, okay, there's, you have absolutely nothing in common. There's a physical, uh, attraction or so he's a dude but then again you know not everybody thinks the same so maybe he wasn't thinking it but i was kind of like you know i'm i'm rooting for them to for something to, to you know out. Uh, but, but what the one thing i was going to say was um when you're say you have a best friend somebody you're really good friends with or whatever and you you you're depending on them you count on them you're kind of attached as far as doing stuff together like you said the the two people they're in their own world and they're they're sitting back at a party looking at other people like look at that douche over there i'm gonna call you i'm gonna call that guy weird al or or whatever and they make fun of people because it's it's like they're like a couple yeah (laughs) then she starts taking an interest in seymour not as wanting to fuck him or as a boyfriend or anything but she starts hanging out with him and it's something different and he's interesting and but then scarlet's kind of like put off and I've had that before where, you know, and I've had my sisters and stuff or, or friends where they'll be like, you know, I was best friends with so-and-so. Now they have a boyfriend. It's like, fuck, you know, now they don't want to, you know, all of a sudden they just blow off their friend and he's just a dick. And, you know, and so she's, a, kinda, she's already like she's experiencing like, like she like Enid's kind of doing this thing where 
you know, it's it's this new unusual guy. She's never like the high right. school guys that whatever are different. And but Scarlett Johansson's character um, Rebecca is just she's already experiencing like dull life after <laughs> after high school. Yeah, like she, they're not going to college, stuff. and she and I I, I think they. Uh, just as a result, just start growing apart too. Not right. not only because happens. Enid's kind of ditching her a little bit, but just because Enid's kind of outlook on the whole thing is still kind of rooted one way, whereas Rebecca's like, maybe this isn't all like you know all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Now, where, where, where did they say where this takes place? No, it's no, they don't. It's it's. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Los Angeles or somewhere in okay. that area. I don't yeah. think they ever say exactly, but. Um, there were several times in this movie where though Thora Birch has big boobies, mm-hmm. um, they were, you know, you notice them and everything, but there were several times in this movie where Scarlet was having the bounce, which <laughs> I, I always enjoy. Um, there was one time toward the end of this movie, uh, where she and, Enid are walking and they kind of get into a little bit of a, a fuss about something and Scarlet walks away and she has on these little tight pants and holy shit. I mean, but the, the, just it's, it's not a big bounce. It's a subtle bounce, but it looked good in the, uh, uh, today department. And then when I was watching this, when she would be talking, first of all, I was watching, I was like, Jesus Christ. I have that now a lot where when you are, we were talking about Brandon Lee mm-hmm. last night at work about when he got shot and everything. And, uh, 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 this guy, John Eric Hexum was on this TV show called cover up, uh, where they, um, um, the CIA people, they, they, uh, the woman CIA person would act like she was a, 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 a an agent for a modeling agency. John Eric Hexum was a male model, uh, who was actually a, like a, special forces guy or whatever and then he had these these beautiful model girls and they would go to like a foreign country to do a photo shoot but in reality he's going behind the scenes to do some kind of mission impossible shit or whatever well he accidentally on the set uh shot himself with a blank gun and it killed him it was a blank gun and he put it to his head because they were having delays and he was going like god damn it i just want to blow my brains out as a joke right well it had blanks in it but a 44 magnum blank still when you put the barrel right up to your head puts out enough force with just the powder and it fractured his skull and it killed him well brandon lee we were reading about that and you see that one of them died at 26 one of them died at brandon lee died at 28 john eric hexham died at 26 well, when that show cover up was on or when Brandon Lee was doing that, you know, say I was 18, 19 years old or something. And you look at John Eric Hexham and you think, ah, you know, he's an older guy, but, you know, young guy, but older. Now that I'm the age I am now and I look and I see like the Von Erics and you look and you say, man, this guy died. He was 26 years old. He was just a kid. Yeah. It, the, the perspective is so much different. I'll see girls now at my age. Where, if, you know, so many years ago, you'd look at him, you'd be like, God damn, you know. Now I see him and say, maybe the body, he looks good. But when I look at their face, uh, like Scarlet in this movie, I'm looking at her body and I'm like, Jesus Christ. But when I looked at her face, She's the I'm like, she kid. looks like a kid. Yeah. 
to me, she looks like a kid because say in this movie, if she's 18, 19 years, 18 or 19 years old or she might 17, even be 17. Yeah. Right. She's old enough to be young enough to be my daughter, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, by a it's, large margin, yeah, by a, by a, a large margin, and 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 it's weird how, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I see a forty-year-old woman or something like that, and I'm like, you know, I'm more attracted to that because they're closer to my age. Of course, I'm not going to say I'm attracted to a fifty-year-old woman because that is my age, and and ugh, that's <laughs> gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But you know, um, it, it really is. I I told my friends sometimes we'll see a girl on the local news, <laughs> and it's usually a, a a young girl that they because they just start out and then they don't make any money and they go somewhere else. And when we sit there watching all that, like, gosh, she's really pretty. But then I'll be like, man, she looks like a little kid to me now. Yeah. Scarlet from the just just her face. You know, if I put like one of those leather masks with a zipper across the mouth on her head, I'd be fine. But <laughs> but her body looked great. But I mean, her face is like, oh my gosh, this like a little kid. Um, now, I'm not not giving anything away. I don't want to give anything yeah. away. I like how this ended. I I if it would have been a typical movie. Uh, say a rom-com uh, one of those kind of movies Yeah, you know how it would go I'm glad that it it they it, they handled it the way they did mm-hmm. and how everything was the way I thought it was more I was going to say realistic but um, it just seemed like a, the especially the, with the feel of this movie and and how this world was and everything that it it should go a certain way uh and when she pulled out that machine gun and just started killing everybody so kind of weird doesn't it, it no they it wasn't would have done that in a rom-com yeah but anyway I, I i i when i first started watching this i was like what the fuck's loaf thinking what is this <laughs> because when i first started watching it in the first few minutes when they're at the um whatchamacallit, the uh, the graduation thing. Oh, with the rapping at the... <laughs> yeah, so I was kind of like, okay, this is going to just be like a, what is this, just kind of like a, a fluffy kind of, a, you know, but Scarlet's in it, so he picked it. But then I, I didn't know Buscemi was in it, and I didn't know that the uh, Terry uh, Zweigoff directed it and who he was at the time. I just didn't put two and two together yeah. or anything. But um, yeah, I can see why you why you picked it, why you liked it, and everything, and I liked it too. Um, I don't have much to add. You you helped you helped me through that. Um, I did I did I'd like have to be a help. One thing written down that I don't remember. Maybe you do. I said I said what was that about large holes and tight cracks? I wrote that. I have no idea what that means. I don't remember now, and I just watched it last night. Uh, I sort of. Oh, David Cross is in this too, and he's a comedian. Um, oh yeah, he is in it briefly. He's a he's real sleazy in it. Yeah, he tries to hit on him at the thing. Uh, at the, at the what's his name's? Uh, I like that. There's like if we're going to this party. That, yeah, that I I I can see parties like that. I, I think I've been to parties like yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Um, the now, um the there was a I like the letter the the note they leave on Josh's door. It was uh, dear Josh, we came by to fuck you, but you were not here. Therefore, you are gay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Are you really gonna leave?" Uh, Bruce Glover is in this. Crispin Glover's dad, who's been in a bunch of stuff, yeah, and was yeah. in James Bond movie actually. Um, 
I'm trying to think. Now, the guy with the nunchucks isn't the guy that, that she said uh, looked like Weird Al. Was no, it? Weird Al had big curly hair. He was the waiter at the restaurant. Okay. Do you remember the one guy that came in there and he had a big long rat tail? You know, they had the kind of short hair, but he had like the, the long braided rat tail, and it was coming over his shoulder. Uh, it's dri- it's on a, it's driving me crazy that I can't think that I can't figure the out the, the, the nunchuck guy's name. Because I saw the nunchuck guy in it seems like maybe Office Space. Was he the guy that was that lived in the apartment beside um, Doug? His name's Doug. Is it Doug? Let me okay, see. Doug, there he is. Doug. Doug. Dave, Dave Sheridan. Sheridan. That can't be him. That guy's really good looking. That guy looks like a male model. No, look, okay, so look at Doug, Doug Sheridan's uh, IMDb, but look at those little mini pictures of him. And look at the one on the far right with the big glasses. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's well, I just because I did That's the, the same ser- guy. I did a Google search for Ghost World Nunchucks, and it's a, it's called all the results are Doug. <laughs> Well, he's a goddamn awesome talent. Oh, here's let me. Here's, trans- oh, I have some Ghost World gifts. I wonder if there's one of him. Uh, there's one with Steve Buscemi oh, with sparkly hair. Jesus, what's that from? Bubble Boy. He's got a mullet in that. Oh, I can't believe nobody's made an animated gif on this website for uh, for him doing the nunchucks. He was awesome, especially when he when he got kicked out of the place and he went outside and was uh fucking uh um um put the boom box on top of his junk car and started just doing his nunchucks. <laughs> I'm sure. Look at Jesus Christ. He, he was, did he say something about he was working 16 hour days and he came in and he fucking bought a whole bunch of uh beef jerky. Yes. Yeah, he got hit the, the giant stack. Oh, I've seen that guy. He was in um, devil's rejects. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Doug. Well, um, but yeah, I don't have much else to add. That uh, this was I, I liked this a lot when I saw it a long time ago, but I'd almost forgotten all, all of it. Um, the so I'm glad I finally revisited it, and um, the I'm glad we figured out Doug. But I do I do like and I and I said it already the this the kind of. Um, it's so it it really feels like even though it's everybody there's so many unusual characters and and close writes I don't know if you've ever read any of his comic mm-hmm. stuff I'll, he, he always has like unusual guys like that or unusual characters like that or um but it's still grounded in reality and it's not it's not quite depressing mm-hmm. But it's depressing in that it's kind of real, real life almost. Well, it kind of reminds me of like a I, I don't know maybe this isn't a good analogy or whatever, but it kind of reminds me of like a Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, it's different, yeah. But like you said, there's lots of different characters, but you can relate to it because they all are, all seem real. You know, like somebody you knew, like you watch Fast Times, you're like, okay, I remember a guy like Spicoli and a guy like Brad that works at the fucking uh, Long John Silvers and the two girls and the one girl's a little bit more of a schlub. And then you got Phoebe Cates and in this, in this, you can see the people and be like, okay, yeah, I remember this and that. Now, this is Zweigoff. Why the fuck hasn't he done more? I mean, as a director, he's only done one, two, three, four, five. He did Bad Santa. Uh. Yeah. Here's a here's he a. Done, is he still alive? Did he die? I think, so. or I think he's he still just alive. Work? Here's a. I just found an old <laughs> salon article. Uh, 
uh, an interview with Zweigoff and closed, but I found the question. One of my favorite characters in the film was Doug, the convenience store wacko. Where did you guys? <laughs> where did you dig that guy up? And Zweigoff said, "We were at Mike Judge's office in Austin when he was interested in producing our film. Uh, he got interrupted by an important phone call and suggested we order some food and watch some videos he had lying around." So he was gone for about an hour, and I pulled out this unsolicited audition tape this guy had sent in of all these different characters he did. One of the characters was the guy with the nunchucks, and it literally had me on the floor crying because it was so funny. So Mike put us in touch with the guy, and it turned out great. And then Close said, uh, Dave, the actor, Dave actually showed up on the set with a sunburn and a tank top. (laughs) (laughs) He was a real trooper, and he was really good with the nunchucks. So, yeah, I guess weird ways to get your start. (laughs) Even with the enormous success of Crumbs, Wygoff refused to sell it to Hollywood. His aversion to corporate commercialism is uh, his well-known trademark. He turned down many more commercial projects while he struggled for five years to make a feature film out of Daniel Close's underground comic Ghost World. Released in 2001, Girls World became the summer art house hit. Yeah, but I mean, like, he hasn't done. I guess maybe he's just one of these people. I'm not going to sell out. I'm going to be poor. Yeah. Was offered $10,000 to appear in a commercial campaign using hip filmmakers to endorse the gap, but he turned it down saying, I would find it a bit disingenuous after having spent five years of my life making a film rallying against the evils of corporate America. (laughs) So, what would you rate this? Oh gosh, probably like an eight. Uh, hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's just an eight. Well, I'm stuck between an eight point five and an eight point seven five. I'm going eight point five. Okay. What are you going? Eight point five two. That sounds good to me. They'll double it up again with two eight point yeah. fives. I um. Oh, I love that bounce. I mean, you know, this is gross and this is probably why people leave like comic book groups. Um, but, um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, um, when somebody hacked Scarlet's phone, it was like a, a honest to God, I'm not a Christian, but sometimes your prayers are answered. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't even like when she was on Letterman or whatever show she was on after that, she was like kind of just laughed about it and didn't make like a big thing. Dig it. She's hot. Fuck. If I look like that, I'd walk around with no bra on all I mean shit. I need a bra now. Oh, and, I'm getting there too. Um I'm just gonna skip right to feed sack this week. So um dig it. I don't know if this is legit or not. I haven't listened to this voicemail, so I'm gonna have to play this first and see what it is been teaching people for years how to make six-figure income (laughs) that is nothing all right six-figure income i'll 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 forward it to you um all right so we got one feed sack in the last (laughs) six weeks (laughs) yeah thanks guys we're Um, we're not gonna do it that's why the only reason we did this show is because we were waiting to get some feed sack yep and and i think rolf even waited until uh until he knew we were recording (laughs) he's like wait um what you gonna do I lost it. Oh, now it I is. have to watch this uh, art school co- uh, unfidential. It's it's a lot different than this. It is definitely not grounded in reality. Well, it's you a, had some art school stuff in this one. Yeah, he. I like that. I like that he calls out douchey, pretentious art school people because that that Except, whole uh, art school confidential is about that. 
what was the the thing um I know it was probably based on like Sambo's restaurant. They used to have one called Sambo's. Oh yeah, that if, chicken thing. Yeah, because if you look up Sambo's, which I when I was a kid, I mean the place was called Sambo's. Um, if you do a Google image search for Sambo's restaurant, when they showed when Buscemi was showing the pictures, the racist uh, pictures and stuff like that, the whole front of the old Sambo's restaurants or some of them. When you walked in the door, you were walking into a stereotype of a African American person's uh, mouth, like it'd have the giant Ugh. lips, big giant teeth, and it, I, and honest to God, when I was when I was a little kid, you know they they still had those, and they still had them in the South. I think even later than that, because in the Northeast they started getting rid of them, but of course they were a little bit slow to follow down there. I think. Yeah. We might still find some of those around here. Well, what are you going to do? Um, all right. Rolf says, hello, silver and gold. Um, you had me staring at fucking Jesus freak Kirk Cameron for over a month. <laughs> that dude looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt stoned. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. I had a good one for um, for stoner. I don't remember the exact guy, but I, I, I noticed that the, a bouncer at a club looked like who did I say he was cross between? Because uh, <laughs> it made me laugh when I saw it. I was like, oh, my God. He looked like uh, the love child of Giant Baba and Bolo Young. <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, uh, my guess is you had to recover from that turd of a turd. With Well, he said, I don't know why you torture yourself watching crap like his, ex his Xmas movie. My guess is you had to recover from that turd of a turd, which led to a way, long, way too long hiatus. Turd of a turd. Now I expect a huge, or as Bernie Sanders would say, huge watch list from both of you. Uh, don't let me down, and maybe Zom could say a bit more than just his usual few words about the movie he's watched. Wait a minute. I thought I the one that did that. You, that's, that's you talk a lot more about that than I do. Um, if you haven't read my mail until now and already covered the watch list, feel free to go back and do it again. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and done. Uh, I listened to an episode a few weeks ago. I think it was your There's Nothing Wrong With That episode where you two lamented about your miserable lives, being old and sick and miserable. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't remember any of this. That's, that's it. What is, what's unusual about that? Uh, again, with Zom cutting his toenails on air as the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> He's making shit up now. He said, man, I felt so with you. Your show works great as a, med as a medication or a support group for depression. <laughs> So having to wait that long for a new fix is like a cold turkey. Don't what? <laughs> Don't ever do I'm it that again. I'm you have a responsibility. Don't you ever forget that. What'd you say? I'm getting more depressed. <laughs> I'm blacking out. I don't even remember these shows. Uh, that one was the the nothing wrong with that. That was the one British one and Quarrel. I don't remember <laughs> you cutting your toenails, but. <laughs> da -da -da, da -da -da -da. There was a that was a I read a comic book recently where that line was in it and that totally made me start singing the song, because somebody said each man kills the things he loves and I was like wait I know that yeah um I think you wanted to cover Ghost World on your next show but I'm fine with anything after five weeks Sands Silver and Gold uh, still it's an awesome movie worth giving the gold treatment Steve Buscemi's character is me minus being around some hot twenty year old <laughs> and that leads to my first question have you ever recognized yourself in a movie character. Uh, I know Zom will refer to Rocco, 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 Freddy. <laughs> I know Zom will refer to Rocco, but porn stars don't count. Yeah. 
Um, I, I've always said uh, the guy from her recently really. I I see a lot of me in that, and uh, Bashimi in this movie too. I could I I feel the same way a lot of the times with him. God, I, I can't even fucking. I don't even know. <laughs> I, I I don't. I, I Rolf, no. Rolf said, "I always think of National Lampoon. <laughs> I always think of National Lampoon's Vacation era Randy Quaid when thinking of Zom. Nice. But I, he said, they sound the same. But <laughs> but, <laughs> but Zom is much more entertaining, of course, and better looking. Wow. Um, as you are both some serious dog lovers, I personally am not a uh, a fan. Randy Quaid. Uh, oh, oh, he said he's not a huge fan of dogs because the dogs hate him and they aren't afraid of showing it. I'm starting to hate him after this email. <laughs> what are your favorite dog movies? Favorite dog movies? What the fucking hell? <laughs> the okay. only dog movie I can even think of is the hey, one next with... time we get feedback like this, let's get those fucking questions out. Before. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, favorite dog movie? I'll tell you one that I don't like, the one that I, I, I really hate. Uh, just because it 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 fucking just just disturbed me was Cujo. Yeah, I like Cujo because it is disturbing. Uh, the Hachi like, a Dog's Tale was good. Was yeah, that was here. good. It yeah. made me cry. Um, Cujo, I like Cujo before he got rabies, and then it was just like just the claustrophobia, thinking about being stuck in a in a car with the windows rolled up in the hot summer. And that the, kid oh, screaming got on my nerves. Oh my god. <laughs> um, was that, is that in the uns, in, uh, unsensitive? Uh, unsensitive? Does, that one with um, what's her name? Who was the girl that was uh, dating Heath Ledger and oh. Lucy the dog? Oh, he just said. Uh, I actually loved Lucy. Wendy and Lucy. Yeah, there you go. I he loved, loved he loved Wendy and Lucy, and he would also recommend Umberto D by Vic, Vic, Vittorio De Sica. I don't know that one. Uh, both movies are more than tolerable, even for guys not having much love for dogs. Shell Williams. What was the one with the white white dog, with the that was racist? Well, I like that one, but what? It was didn't he like hate? He always attacked black people. Yeah, that was Christy McNichol. Yeah, somebody had trained it to 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 uh, and then they were trying to rehabilitate it. Uh, it was called White Dog, wasn't it? Oh, was it okay? That leads to another question. I hope. Oh, there was a new one. Isn't there a new dog movie that was around that was supposed to be good? Like came out last year. Might be a horror movie. Um, that leads to another question. I hope I haven't asked this already. Animal horror, easily my favorite horror subgenre. I don't think there are any animals left by now. There's a horror flick for every species. Um, his favorite is Link, starring Clint Eastwood's sidekick from the Fist Fucker or Fist Fighter movies. Fist Fucker. He is a terrific animal actor who gave Clint a run for his money. What? Clint Eastwood, the Fist Fucker. <laughs> Plus, The Birds is really great and holds up today. Uh, maybe you could do an animal horror double feature someday. Um, that was he didn't ask a question, so that's good. Um, he already asked 20 questions. Then I'd like to share my personal watch list with you. Uh, he watched Switchblade Sisters, which you have covered, and failed to mention the Dyke prison guard getting a plunger treatment. The what? Prison guard? We don't go for that kind of talk. Yeah. Only only P... Uh, wait. P... P... C? P... I don't even know the term. 
politically correct here on whatever. That scene alone justifies loving that movie. And I agree with Zom that Donut was easily the most attractive girl of the bunch. God, we did that so long ago. Jesus Christ. I, yeah, I don't even know what he's talking about. That was the one we, we did the Japanese movie that you didn't, Just the subtitles didn't up. work, and you were watching it while we were reviewing it. Fucking. I also watched Farewell Friend starring Elaine Delon Damn. and Charles Bronson. We did that too, didn't we? I remember that one. That's I still a, don't understand how those larger-than-life personas could fit in one movie together, but they actually did. Uh, another one with Red Sun a couple years later. Did we do that, too? I think so. Uh, it's a weird movie starting and ending with Bronson and Delon yelling, yeah, 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 into the camera. Uh, it's <laughs> some sort of heist uh, movie with both of them ending up locked in a safe over Christmas. Lots yes. of sweat and bantering. Yes, Rolf, we did we did review Farewell Friend. Um, yeah, Adieu Lemi. Uh, then I watched JSA. Have you seen JSA? No, the, but the, I want to. It's really good. Joint the, security. Yeah, area. Uh, yeah. South Korean gem about two groups of border guards, one being South, other being North Korean. Uh, they become friends, which leads to some tragic events. Excellent movie. Um, another recommendation, and soon the darkness. Beware of the remake. I'm talking about Robert Fuest's original from 1970, about two British hotties traveling rural France on their bikes. Uh, as one of them goes missing, the other one tries to find her with the help of the locals. Language barrier and some shady Frenchmen make it more than difficult. Very suspenseful little gem, taking great advantage of the French countryside. Um, I'm very pleased that Zom uh, that, uh, pleased with Zom's Breaking Bad watching. I wish mm -hmm. I could watch it uh, all again, not knowing where things are going. I really envy you. Um, so if you're still reading this, I have mercy with you and end it now with one final question. Royal Rumble, Bronson, DeLon, Lancaster, McQueen, Eastwood, Wayne, Borgnine, Lee Marvin. Who wins? No, well, who was it again? Who's in it? Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Elaine DeLon. Lancaster. Lancaster. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. John Wayne. John Wayne. Ernest Borgnine. John Lee. Wayne was fucking bigger than all of them. Lee Marvin. He was pretty big dude. Uh, I guess Bruce Dern was talking about when they were in the Cowboys together and he had to have a fight scene with John Wayne. He said John Wayne was um, like 60... 66 or 67 years old was six foot four and weighed 207 275 pounds and he had to fight so he was i i think john wayne would probably bronson now, was pretty short right yeah and he wasn't very big now now mcqueen like studied uh some kind of martial yeah, arts. elaine delon was not a big guy lancaster wasn't a fighter lancaster was in fucking great athlete. he was in great shape up until like his he like bit you with those fucking teeth <laughs> yeah i, I would um, marvin would be if 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 he could shoot you because he was like a marine and a drunk <laughs> and a drunk yeah, he'd be too drunk he wouldn't feel any pain but he'd be like swinging wild john wayne might win this one too john i, I don't think i'll go good. with him bronson got cut a few times but he's too little delon yeah no delon was too he was now Delon was the kind of guy, more like a pretty boy kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but Eastwood, I mean, like Eastwood played the tough guy, but not like, not not like the not so Eastwood much. Eastwood is a pretty big guy. dude. I'm going. But, uh, I'm going John Wayne also. Unless Borgnine could somehow pull off a, a like. Maybe John Wayne's distracted by all the other good-looking guys, and Borgnine like sneaks in, sneaks in a nice like punch to the ear. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, anyway, that was it. Rolf Oot, and that was uh, that's silver and gold Oot. Oot. Um, you can always send us feed sack to 206 339 1600. I can't believe I still remember that number. Yeah. Uh, and or send us an email at silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. I almost forgot that uh, one. Dig. Um, our show is on iTunes, our show is on Stitcher, maybe still haven't checked, and our show is on. <laughs> Silvangold.com. Um, don't know what we want to review yet. Yeah, I haven't next time. even thought about it. Um, I have a couple. I feel like I'm going to vomit. Uh oh. Um, I have a couple. I'm probably going um, I, I to. So mine should come pretty, pretty quick. But uh, I guess that's it. Zom's going to go vomit and I'm going to bed because I have to work in the morning. Uh, do you have anything else, sir? I have nothing to add. I'm just trying to find a gif of Scarlet walking and her boobs bouncing. Until next time, this is a love. Oot. Zom. Oot. 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 Oot.